King of the Ring is serious business. A fabled history and heralded past. I cannot believe this moment right here. The King of the Ring. Kings become champions. You win the King of the Ring, you become an immediate player. And champions become legends. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Eight men on the verge of superstardom. Only one will be crowned King. Boy, a lot of emotions running high here tonight. is the most important thing in my life. Are you great competitors going to get sucked into that old divide and conquer strategy? Who the hell do you think you are? Defeat either one of the three of us, but that person will be the World Wrestling Federation WWF Championship is what I want. That belt, it belongs to me. Just bring it. Six men, one championship. It will be who wants it more. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rogue Retro SmackDown Review and another pay-per-view edition of the Retro SmackDown Review. It is a pay-per-view I've been waiting to talk about for a long, a long time. It is King of the Ring 2000. And... It's not only a pay-per-view that I have fond memories of because I had a tape of it and I watched it a lot as a as a child, but you know it is also the first pay-per-view that I will be joined for by my new co-host Paul Brown. He's been on pay-per-views for when we did that UK watch along, but this is his first proper pay-per-view as a as a part of this show. Yeah, yeah. Hi well, everyone. <laughs> I was gonna say that was your you, Paul. You know I don't have to. I was I was no being fashionably late to the party. As, of, as always, yes. <laughs> but yes, Paul, I'm assuming that given what you've been saying before like, in the last episodes where we kind of try to give people an idea because you never know when, yeah, yeah, when yeah. someone's first episode is, but you tuned into, you weren't watching a lot of this era as it's happened because you were into other things, you're a bit older. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm this, this was where I think like, a lot of wrestling fans do go through, mm-hmm. you know, when, you know, even if you're a lifelong wrestling fan, there is a time period where you tune out for a while. It was surprising when I first heard you say that because, you know, this is an era when so many people are tuning in. You don't think of anybody tuning out of this period because yeah. this is a period where WWF is so hot. Like, across, internationally, because I'll say here in the UK, oh, yeah, this is yeah. still during like, the Channel 4 era well, of everything. Y- you have to remember, at this time period, like, I'd, I'd grew up watching the Golden Era yeah. and the New Gen Era and the beginnings of Latitude Era. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd I'd still been watching it on Sky Sports during the time of the Blue Blue Brothers and <laughs> the Allied Powers and shit. You know, ah, true golden era. I basically watched it during the the latter stages of the whole, you know, Michael's Brett thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a thing. And the beginnings of you know Stone Cold at the time known as Ringmaster. Yeah. You know, I'd seen that shit. But then, like I say, I get into metal, which mm-hmm. led me into, you know, other things. Yeah. Childhood excesses and doing things maybe I wasn't supposed to do. But I did them anyway, you know. I, I knew two things then. Having fun and metal. <laughs> that was it. That was, that was it. I, I was I was mostly interested in Marilyn Manson at the time, so that yeah. was it. 
Which is surprising, you know, because I was interested in Marilyn Manson and I knew about the headbangers, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what was going on at this time period in wrestling in early 2000s, you know. Yeah. Really didn't, you know, I didn't really care, <laughs> you know. I, I unfortunately tuned back in just when Cena was shooting off to the fucking stars, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't even catch his whole thugonomics thing. Like, I didn't realise he was a heel at first. Yeah. You know, I just seen this irritating wee Diddy winning US titles and things. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> you know, like, what, what? You know, when you tune out wrestling, you go, what in the fuck's happened to it? Yeah. You know, I do apologise. That was my phone. Oh, was that what that was? That was my phone telling me I had an email. Yes. Could it do it in a quieter way? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did that frighten you, Scott? Well, no, if I imagine, like, like, I thought I thought that was coming out. I thought somebody had a very novelty car horn. Easy for me to fucking say. It didn't seem to be. No. <laughs> just because also like, the road outside your house, it always seems to be so quiet right up until the time where we pressed record on one of these shows. Mm-hmm. Always seems to be the case. But my, my point of reiterating recovering like where you are this period is that I'm assuming you maybe haven't seen this pay-per-view before we were doing this or maybe you've seen bits of it I hadn't seen it until we were doing this no oh there you go two varying perspectives yeah. you can say I hadn't seen it until, I, until we were doing this and like I say we'll see how the review goes throughout because you know I'm not always favourable in this time period. Yeah, which is why I like having you on the show, you know, yeah. with a different perspective. But I was I was not gonna just forgive anything here because of, you know, childhood nostalgia or anything. I just wanted to see Oh like, no, you have uh, every right to have childhood nostalgia, <laughs> man. You had the tape. This is a this is a rare role reversal, isn't it? Because yeah, didn't you our, say you had a double tape? Yeah, it was a weird double tape. It was this and Capital Carnage ninety eight. I, I watched, have that one, that's a good I, one. And I watched this Far more often than Capital Carnage, let's just say. Yeah. Because even back then, I could tell that there was something up with the quality of the show, other than that cool four-way main event that it has. And I think the thing is that it was a UK show in the 90s, and well, WF didn't care. Well, it wasn't just, that show is notable for being Mark Merrow's last appearance with WWF. Yeah. And it's weird, not, not Mark really. Merrow, Jacqueline, Edge, and Sable... I think it was maybe even Christian the Edge thing may have been at SummerSlam that year back. I think like I keep forgetting this was after Survivor Series because the Rocks at the with the title. But I always associate it being before Survivor Series for for whatever reason. Yeah. But yeah. So that was my weird dove. But the thing is, like when we do many of our From the Vault classic reviews over at Scott and Bob podcast, we always often as the case that like it's something you've watched or it's something from your kind of era. You got it on a tape and you. We're always going through the differences, like me watching it, we're like, oh, that's not on the table, on the tape, you have this. <laughs> and uh, I'm usually watching most of these shows for the first time, or it's, it's kind of a reverse thing, because I even mentioned to you mm. that I noticed a couple of things watching this on the network that aren't on the tape, because this is actually only the second time I've watched this using the network version. This, the first time me and my brother watched it together uh, in the early months of the, the first lockdown a couple of years ago. <laughs> I kind of forgot about certain things that pop up on the show uh, between now and then because so much happens and my memory is sometimes shit if it's not. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a weird minute thing that no one should remember, I somehow am able to pluck it out of the air. But, so I'm interested to go through uh, this show and give our thoughts at the end of it, but you know, 
we've we've covered King of the Rings before. We did King of the Ring nineteen eighty three. You you a fan of the King of the Ring back when it was a an yeah. annual pay per view part of the calendar? I am. Yes, mm. I'm. I'm hopeful that with the current system in WWE, it may, you know, be properly brought back. That we tried to do a while ago and didn't do properly. Yeah, they brought it back, but as a thing that runs through TV, and I do like what they did the last one because even though it was in Saudi Arabia. It was still a case of like the tournament culminated at a pay per view. So even if not the whole pay per views that have whole tournaments on pay per view, like if you can get like the semis and finals even on a version pay per view, doesn't have to be yeah. King of the Ring review. But if you can feature the tournament on pay per view, it gives it a lot more prestige rather than just throwing it on TV that like they have done the last few yeah. iterations of the King of the Ring tournament. And like I say, we got to a point where the winner of King of the Ring didn't really it it wasn't given the same. It wasn't seen as a step no. like it had been, you know. Like, he either... It seemed to go back in the day, like, back in the later stages of my era that I watched, you mm-hmm. know. You won King of the Ring, then you would win the IC, and then, if you're a solid singles guy that fans like, you would go from IC to being the main guy. Mm-hmm. That's how it went. King of the Ring, IC, main guy, over. Some people had even won the IC, I think, before they'd even before they won the oh, yeah, yeah. case of like Triple H. Brett as well. Brett was a two time IC champion before he won this. Yeah. Uh I think like he was a rare case for it and that he'd already won the big belt as well. I think it was more of a, a consolation before eventually he gets the belt back rather no. than a rather than a we give you this before pushing you if, to the belt. If you remember Stone Cold was a million dollar champion before he won King of the Ring. Well if you wanna would you wanna get pedantic and include that as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do. Well, of course you do. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You know, Triple H had his King of the Ring famously moved back a year because of the whole curtain call incident yeah, and shit like that. Because he couldn't punish anyone else. No, no. <laughs> but Shoes on the other foot now, isn't it? <laughs> it's weird how that works out. Yeah. But well, if you don't mind, do you mind just get cracking into the, the show? Oh no, we'll get cracking into it. Because... Uh, we talk about the See, cracking into it. <laughs> you want because we talk about also the prestige of the pay per view, and this was interesting because looking at the ninety eight and ninety nine iterations of the pay per view, basically the opening packages and then the presentation of the pay per view themselves. Mm. The King of the Ring and those two uh, events felt very much an afterthought because you know promo package for ninety eight is all about oh hell in a cell, mankind to go. How can Austin survive this first blood match with Kane? Mm. Also, there's a king, there's a tournament on, where they only did the semis and finals in that one. And then 1999, oh, Austin versus the McMahons, the briefcase, the type of control the company's on the line. And also, there's a tournament. Yeah. Now, and in 99, they did the full fucking tournament, and that's the one that Billy Gunn famously won. Yeah, what the fuck was with that? You weren't going to go anywhere. I know. Maybe they thought he was somehow. Yeah, well, he did. He went into the loving arms of Chuck. They went. They had, they had big show on the, the poster for this for the King of the Ring '99, and I remember I was on ESR for one of the first ones I was on. Basically, how do we how do we fix King of the Ring '99? And the common consensus basically was with all of us have big show in it. Our whole thing, our we rebooted it basically be the in our version the tournament would end with like underdog X Pac. Who was a face then facing off against Big Show in the final and putting on an effort before ultimately being murdered by the giant because at that time you've been brought in with all, with all this money being thrown at him and Vince had famously been critical of people when interviews saying, Oh, I don't think Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner know how to book the giant, you know. If I had him I'd book him as a special direction. You wouldn't see him on TV every week. 
That didn't really work out, yeah, no, did it? That didn't really work out. Yeah. Well, I'd book him as a special attraction hanging onto the back of a moving coffin. No! no. <laughs> and I imagine uh, behind the scenes, Bruce Woodrow went, Well, your dad wasn't bad, but I just didn't believe you. No! <laughs> a big show. Drop and give me 20. No! no better! <laughs> Oh, I love a lot of Simpsons reference. There's no place a Simpsons reference won't work, I'm telling you. But. Ooh, this place has got old man stinks. <laughs> is what Bret Hart said when he walked into Hogan's locker room to confront him and tell him to go fuck himself that time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, why would I want to wrestle against a that's pitiful pencil neck geek? That's what Triple H said when he walked into the CEO's office. <laughs> yeah, probably. Or the creative office, because yeah. it's. It's Miss, Mc, Miss McMahon, or Mrs. McMahon has the, yeah. the CEO's job, the co-CEO's job. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I know not very much about the other man, this, uh, yeah. Nick Khan. Yes. I know not very much about him. I, I know that I think a lot of the stuff about releases got put on his shoulders and that he seemed to be a person eh, who could somehow convince Vince, like, listen, this whole whore in a talent isn't doing us any favours, so let's... I don't think he was an advocate for releasing them as regularly as they ended up being to yeah. 2021 especially, but it did seem to be like he was uh, an advocate for like cutting costs or, or getting rid of some talent if they weren't being used or whatever, but there's a thing with him every so often, whenever somebody of note got a, like, oh, it seemed he got a little bonus or like a little move in power, so the thing like the Mortal Kombat, like every time it happened, every time someone led like John Ace or Shane mm. or whatever, or Stephanie took early lessons, it was like the Mortal Kombat ladder, but Nick Khan moving up the ladder until he's finally now joint with Stephanie near the top of the ladder, and then that Vince is gone. Final battle. <laughs> Vincent Man is gone. Flawless victory. <laughs> Never played Mortal Kombat, but I know a few references to get by. But well, my point originally was about the King of the Ring, right? Yes. And that it seems to be they've changed that because they've dedicated half of the video package. And if this was a previous year's philosophy, the whole video package would just be about the six man tag me event. But they, they take the time to all this black and white footage uh, of the past King of the Rings. And I'll be honest with you, this shows how much I've watched this. I could quote you probably beat for beat this entire video package <laughs> um, without you needing to watch it. That's how well I know this shit. That's awesome. Because <laughs> it opens up, you got JR going around his serious business, <laughs> and you got this very dramatic voiceover band going, A fabled history, and herald past. And then. Also, Billy Gunman. Like, they see, and herald past as a clip of Mabel slamming somebody. It's, it's played. You got one shot of Billy Gunn posing with a tag belt. It wasn't even from King of Ring. I'm pretty sure I saw the Smackdown banner. In yeah, the back. yeah. And then one shot of Mabel from behind slamming somebody. So they two got brief mentions. They went to hide them. Like, oh, let's showcase Ken Jammer going, bah! Yeah. <laughs> Even though technically you could say he didn't go as far with King of the Ring when he maybe should have beyond no. IC belt. Oh, he, didn't he win the tag belts as well? With, with the boss man. With the boss man. He, he immediately became basically a henchman in the corporation and then broke away from it and his last big feud was getting beaten up by Chris Jericho on yeah. SmackDown. Yeah, I remember that. Had a very brief feud with Jericho and... Howard Finkel. Howard Finkel and... And then got beaten up by so bad by Jericho and Mr. Hughes that we just never saw Ken Shamrock yeah. again. And then he came and was the first ever Impact or TNA NWA champion, champion, yeah, yeah with his sideburns going rah. He just came in, Jeff Jarrett, Shamrock. I told you to trim those sideburns. 
<laughs> Go home. You're dropping the belt for good. Fine. Still tougher than Dan Severn. <laughs> I don't know that for sure, but I'm sure that's what he was thinking. But yeah, the game show didn't go well. But yeah, they're hyping this up. Oh, like there's a quote. I think it's from GR. It sounds like Kevin Kelly at one point. Maybe one of the two went. You become king of the ring, you become an immediate player. Where it's showing like Triple H and Brett and Austin and everything. Like it's showing, he's focusing on those ones. Like kings become champions and champions become legends. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, and then I I did love the fact that the king kept mentioning when he crowned Bret Hart. uh, Oh, should I crown the winner to have the same way I did Bret Hart? (laughs) That was probably the greatest time of my life. You know, it's weird, they slightly, even though it's only a year after he's passed, you know, I'm assuming by this point some legal action is still being pursued when his wife and that ends up suing the company for, yeah, for, yeah. for because of the responsible for the death. So, like, that's how he'd still use video footage of him. Yeah, at this point, because like, I don't think it'll last for a bit long because also a big thing was, I think they made at least a mini kind of documentary on the network a couple of years ago about Owen, and I think that was considered a big deal that anything Owen related was being. Yeah. Because also they could already show pay-per-views on the network with Owen in them because they already own the rights to those... Well, they own the rights to that character. Yeah, but obviously, featuring him in video games or in documentaries about him was a big no-no for a long time. Mm. Which is why it was also a big deal with the EW thing when they sent that deal and they released in the own heart, like merch, the t-shirts. Yeah, that's really cool. The, the tournament around him, he's going to be featured as a... I don't know if he's a downloadable character or whether he's a playable character in their upcoming video game. Uh, own heart is... Is he gonna is he gonna be a downloadable character with his theme music and whatnot? I'd like I'd like to think so. I hope so because I would love to be able to play Owen Hart and a car- a game and I'd I'd even sink low enough to buy an AEW game to play him. <laughs> I've no idea when that game's even maybe coming out, but he's gonna be and I, I remember Jericho being excited when that happens because he said, "Oh, I can play in this game. I can, I can play as myself against Owen." Because he said. The one person that I looked up to and never got to wrestle was Owen Hart, he said. Mm. I'd be happy if he plays the game and Owen beats him. <laughs> That'd be good. It reminds me of, like there was a thing where they were advertising, like whenever a new game would come out, they'd been advertising on WFTV on this. And so when WrestleMania 2000 came out, there was a clip of Stephanie and Tess backstage and Tess is playing as himself against Triple H on WrestleMania 2000. And there's a brief shot where it shows the screen. He's getting beat as well, <laughs> which was an omen as to how his career was going to go the next few months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for test, for Andrew Martin. And then it cuts to the next bit where it focuses on the table. You got Triple H with that, like this is the most important thing in my life. And you got you got Linda and her as robotic voice. Are you three? Sounds like a, an yeah. automated voice. Are you three competitors going to? <laughs> And then you got the vets, oh the hell do you think you She's like she's like the fucking the smokers on chewing the fat. <laughs> yes. You know. Are you three <laughs> gonna behave yourselves? Are you gonna fall for that piss? Say <laughs> you're talking whilst you're walking. <laughs> yeah. And then you got like Ben Sailor Robo Linda. Robo Linda. You got the quote from uh from Vinzo, we pin either one of the three of us, and that person becomes a WW and gets quits from all of them. The WWF title is what I want. <laughs> Guess who that was? And then you got Undertaker going, That title belongs to me. What does what do they get from The Rock? Just him going, Just bring it. Like he probably had a promo on the Cine Heat, but they don't show him to for the first time on the period until he's walking backstage. Yeah. And that still gets the biggest pop. Like again, like everything around that main event which we talked about in the last match like, was there any 
any doubt, you have to be the most optimistic of Kane Undertaker fans to think that The Rock wasn't walking out Were with you that. an optimistic Kane fan? Well, yeah, but still watched the show even knowing that Kane wasn't winning. Yeah. But that was the promos. Angry man in mask. <laughs> Grumpy biker man. The, the Rock. Rock. Enough said. <laughs> Rock doesn't have to say anything. They're like, and The Rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, what was more annoying about this pay-per-view for me when I was watching it was... And spoiler, Rock does win. But like the fact that I'm no, like, really? I'm a big I'm a big Kane fan. And also I watched this a lot with my brother. I think this is technically his tape before mine, but we both shared it. Yeah. But he is also one of the biggest rock fans you'll ever meet. So the really? idea what bands is he into? <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't you witty? But the, I know. the fact that also he was his favourite one in the match and mine's didn't was a a source of a bit of a sore spot. Ah. Yes. So his guy beat your guy and you were pissy about it. Yes, yes that I was. Simple, simple that, that was a it. simple fact of it, yes. But yeah, there was a big hype. Were you, were you sitting there going, your guy's a dick? Can you <laughs> even beat my guy? Your guy's a dick, fuck you. <laughs> sure, I don't even like The Rock anyway. I don't even, want, I don't even like wrestling, fuck it. Stupid. <laughs> anyway, so this, who have you, I'll go into the, the thing, the information I usually go into the, like the behind the scenes stuff about the the venue and everything, the mm. pay-per-view. I always find that quite fascinating, if I'm honest. Because I usually go into that before I, I talk about the baggage, but I've done it arse a bit face this time. So I'll go into the... This happened on the 25th of June 2000, as the day of the pay-per-view took place in what was then known as the Fleet Centre, now the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Ooh. You mentioned John Cena. Not far from West Newbury, I think it's just outside of Boston, home of John Cena. Ooh. There you go. John Cena. Yes, 17,651 is the recorded attendance of this. The venue that I've, I've found said for, it varies on what's been held, so for basketball events, it's estimated to hold around 19,000, and for concerts, it can hold up to 20,000, so not too bad. Plus, you've got the big, you've got the big giant thing with the big letters and the kind of weird sword thing at uh-huh. the entrance, so you have that, you have that and that and all the sound equipment, that takes out a few yeah. seats or whatever. So, and they're up in there. One thing JR and King make sure to get in there at every opportunity is talking about oh how quickly this is sold out in four minutes, sold out next amount of minutes. Like yeah. we'd even, we hadn't even confirmed any matches. Just the fact it was a WWF, the fact it was a King of the Ring, and this place sold out. <laughs> Which they usually like, we're cool now, aren't we? Are we so great with a WWF? Yeah. We're almost as cool as baseball. We is have it? our own pub and everything. Yes. I'm wondering if this I'm I'm this might be the first pay per view they probably go to WF not because I can't remember off the top of my head. If in the last pay-per-views they ever actually went in there, but well, when, what pay-per-view was Stacy Keebler talking about test testicles? <laughs> well, that's a few years away. Yeah, <laughs> this is one of the first times that like, they probably went to it, and they're going to do this every day. Where going forward, it's the case of so and so can't be booked. Oh, go go mingle with the fans at WF New York, and then do a random one camera bit, and then oh look, we've got a wrestler at the pub. I've heard I've heard tale that uh, WF New York or. WWE The World, as it would be called when it got the name changed, mm. was uh, the, apparently it cost WWE quite a lot to get to pay for, the, for a spot, a piece of property in that part of New York, obviously. I think it was in Times Square. And also the fact I've heard that the food was apparently horrendous yeah. for people who have actually been there. Well, in this segment where we cut to it and McFoley's in the, in the, in the place. Yeah. Did you see that crappy pint that Ivory pulled him? Aye. Uh, and 
my god, the beer looked manky to it. It looked like piss water. Uh-huh. So she poured them a crappy, not even full pint of piss water. Uh-huh. Good on you, Ivory. Yes. <laughs> and the fact that she wouldn't have shot her hole and wouldn't let him actually conduct the interview and all, so that was... Well, we'll come back to that in a minute, but... So you had, you got there, this is how many people were in the venue. Pay-per-view buy rate, 475,000 buys. That's pretty good. That's a strong thing. Basically, you know, given this, I don't think this is really considered one of the big five anymore. Uh, the kind of thing, it's only going to be around for a few more years, but 2000 and 2002 are going to be definitely below the, below this buy rate. Uh, and that, plus Vince, over the years, slowly but surely starts to lose interest in King of the Ring as a pay-per-view, yeah. which is why 2002 ends up being the last ever Well, m- more so about it, though, more so about it is the fact that, from what we hear of Vince now, yeah. if Vince doesn't lose interest in things, uh-huh. he puts effort into making it work. Yeah. So it's not the fact that King of the Ring wasn't working, uh-huh. It's just the fact that Vince was not putting the same effort into the show as he was. Hmm. This is the eighth King of the Ring review, but as we discussed in the King of the Ring 93 review we did here on Robert Bain's for Scumble's Ramp, I guess. Uh, that, that name in there, yeah, good, people. Good to plug the show there, man. Thank, thank you. But, you know, if you want to hear more, and can hear and talk about wrestling and other things, you listen to us there. <laughs> After this, of course. But, like, we mentioned it on the King of the Ring 83 review, how this, that being the first pay review, but how the King of the Ring had been an annual tournament. Uh, for a while at that point. This yep. is the King of the Ring but the tournament that we've been seeing on TV and leading into this preview is actually the 14th King of the Ring tournament uh-huh. in general. <sighs> so, it's an interesting how it's been around for so long. Like, by this point, between 1985 and this, the only time they didn't do a King of the Ring tournament of any kind was in 1992. Because so yeah. they did it from 85 to 91 as an annual thing, didn't do it in 92. And then 93 it becomes a pay-per-view and then Ooh. comes annual up into 02, then makes sporadic appearances in oh. the years that would follow. So there you go. Also, they say the theme of this show, swords. Yeah, swords. Because <laughs> the, the, pro, the, uh, the image on the poster and what was on my, my VHS is a big greyish, burnish background with a big skeleton hand holding a, a giant sword. Yeah. And then... The thing, the opening to this is just like the eight names on the guy in the hearing just being battered around by a big sword while this weird techno song. And then just, it's just like the logo whenever a king ring graphic comes up, it's just two swords crossed over. Like, I think Vince McMahon's got a thing for swords. What do you think? Sort of latency. Perhaps. A bit of macho latency there. Yes, I mean, it has been said that the sword that Drew used. I don't know if it's the one he would continue to use or if it's just the first time he used it, but the sword he used belonged to Vince McMahon. It was a gift brought from by Stephanie and Triple mm-hmm. H. And one time they went to Scotland and they brought back Vince a sword. Because <laughs> I assume he's into that kind of thing. So yeah. Vince it's, um, has for a while had an interest in swords for some reason. He likes big, heavy, long things. Yes. <laughs> he likes big, heavy, long things and he likes big, muscular men and wrestling each other. So yeah. take from that what you what I, you I like. am not. I'm not going to speculate. No, no, I should. But can I ask you about another thing from the video package before we actually move into the show itself? Yes. What, what do you make of the statement used for in this in the video package? Because bear in mind, our eight guys for the quarter, for the tournament are Kurt, Chris Jericho, Benoit, Rikishi, Val Venus, Eddie Guerrero, 
Cash Holly and Booby Ken. Mm. The phrase used in this in this term after the big hype and everything that happened in the past and group focus on this tournament, it said eight men on the verge of superstardom. How accurate would you say that statement really well, is? Well let's let's go down the list of women on this list, right? Alright. Right, you've got Jericho. Yes. Was praying for superstardom eventually. Yeah, he, he was already, he's already been IC champ yeah. at this point. Benoit mm-hmm. praying for superstardom. That Alien, that was his pal. Eddie Guerrero. Trained for superstardom. Eventually, yeah. Uh, who else was that? Rikishi. Yeah. Trained for a reasonable amount of stardom. Mm-hmm. He was like, like, I would say like Rikishi was at his peak lower main, lower yeah. main event. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he challenged for main event titles and he won tag belts, won IC belts. So, I mean, I think Rikishi was trained for stardom. Yeah. Who else was on that list? Your Angle. Angle, obviously. Angle yeah. was brave for stardom. Who else? Crash. Cool. He's, Crash is memorable. Put it Crash is, a, is popular, but not main event popular. He's like a cult... cult following, A yeah. fan cult following, right? Yeah. Uh, who else? Val. Val. They wished they wanted him to be super stardom, but not... Uh, they wanted to make the porn star super stardom, but he won the IC belt a few times. I think he was tag champ a wee bit. He was... I don't know. Yeah, I think he was tag champ. I think it was... Uh, that's later on. Far uh, later on. And he, he was, he was a, European champion, but was, we covered in our European title show that we did. Was, was Val was... Val was... European champ. Val was mostly his peak in interest when he was having his food with Demo. That was about it. I think he, his porn star thing may have peaked slightly... During his feud with Goldust in '98, mm, when he was mm. like where Marlena goes away with him and everything, but who else was on that one? And, and I think the final guy is is Bill. Well, I think I think Bill for the same reasons as Val, and that he's a big guy. They wanted big things for him. Well, Bill was good, but I just don't think he had any real. I mean, his his peak came being B squared. <laughs> I think this is his peak on his own, and then fairly soon he'll be. Uh, He'll be in Right to Censor. I think actually it's part of Right to Censor he wins the tag team title. Oh, I'm well, with Steve Richards. No, him and Goodfather actually. Oh, right, right. I think Charles Wright was on Broken Skull Tide saying like, he didn't like being the Goodfather and apparently he speculated that him and Bill being given the tag belts was a case of like them not wanting him to leave. So they're like, oh, come on, stay, stay. We'll give you the tag belts. Come on. Aww. I know you've not got the holes anymore, but look, gold, shiny tag belts. I would give me back my top hat and creepy stuff, you dicks. I want to be Papa Shango. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, let me be calm. I just don't let me be like God that I'm good for. I think, with the exception of Crash, which I feel bad for saying because Crash, they put it in here because, again, he was, it was a case of like, he's not meant to get as far as he is, but he finds a way. He's yeah. a plucky like, underdog. Crash was cool. He did sound like Elroy Jetson. Yeah. I thought a more accurate representation, especially given that the show was on at this time, I know it would have some periods where it would be cancelled, but especially Crash Crash and Navigate, I think he'd get this comparison more accurately. I think it would be better for this period as well. Like, I think there was a point where he was talking during his promotion, like, you're actually a little bit like Butters as well. You're like a short-haired version of Butters as Crash Holly. <laughs> huh. Gee whiz. Hardcore, I think I'm going to win the King of the Ring. Shut up, Crash. <laughs> Crash, you're grounded. Ah, oh, hamburgers. <laughs> ah, shit. I'm not going to win anything. I'll just win the hard. I'll just win the hardcore belt. I've got to fight old women. <laughs> Bob, Bob, those, those men dressed in drags stole my hardcore belt. 
Shut up, Butters. <laughs> oh, damn it. But then Crouch was put in because he was popular, but he was, I think, the least likely of the eight to maybe get considered for the, any kind of main event, as sad as to say. No, he, he, didn't, he did not have the physique that Vince would have wanted. Right, so some guys in this you know, have already IC level, like you've got Keith coming in as the current IC champion, and some guys, one two guys would go on to have IC level as well. Yeah. So I think it was a case of those other seven were guys that WF thought in a way would be destined for superstar, and they tried them in their own ways. But you know, and you can understand it looking at it going into it, but coming out of it, you realize like maybe half of them actually yeah. achieved the superstar that they I, were hoping like for. I see if at the time Bossman had been a touch younger than he was. Yeah, I think the whole proto shield thing with him and Bill would have been really good. I think this is the first thing you probably hear Bill with his own his own music oh, rather I than coming into the Bossman's music. But no, that, that whole proto-shield thing with yeah. the two, like Bossman and Bill Buchanan, like, Bossman had been maybe 10, 15 years younger at that point. Yeah. It would have been really, it would have worked really well, I think. Yeah. I think, look at Val, I thought about his, his peak as porn star, Val, because he's not porn star here, but I think his general peak as in the WF is a guy they wanted to try and push any seriousness comes a month after this and he's feeding Rikishi when they have a cage match next month. Oh, that, when Rikishi yeah. jumped on. That, that, I think that's his peak as a kind of a, any sort of upper mid-card, close to the main event kind of guy. Because after that, brief IC reign, and then he's also in right to sense. And then they try and go back to the porn sort of thing, but then they're like, nah, it's no, it's good anymore. Nah, you should have stuck with it, man. Mm-hmm. Nobody was in right to sense of Camellia, well. No, not really. Nah. And if, if, if WWD and WWE indeed does go back to TV14, then right, for, right to censor's efforts will be for nothing. <laughs> well, I think right to censor, because at this time, they were a parody of a group called the PTC, the Parents Television Council, who at oh. this period of time are, like, they were trying to blame the WF for, like, these kids accidentally killing another kid because they did wrestling moves on them, and then they were writing strong strongly worded letters <laughs> to advertisers of the WWE to help want threatening telling them that they should pull their sponsorship from the WWE. And what did what did WWF do? Hey, we'll just make fun of you. Ha ha ha. Because that's a that's a Vince trope that like, oh, he doesn't like something he makes a gimmick out of it. Like, Vince clearly hates paying taxes. Welcome, IRS. Yeah. Or, Vince doesn't like PTC council people telling him what to do so he goes, hey, we'll make fun of you. Uh, Vince doesn't like the area of granulism because there's too many up their own arse people. Please welcome the Main Street Posse. Yeah. Vince does it all the, all the time. Oh, no, 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 no. Vince did. Did to do that all Vince the time. Vince doesn't do that now. And do you know what? I've noticed something in regards to the way things are now. What is that? Certain people that both you like and I kind of like <laughs> seem to be getting a lot more TV time. I have Such as Ricochet, Mustafa Ali. Mm-hmm. Cedric Alexander, you know, it's all very interesting. It seems to be, wow, people that can actually wrestle are being given TV time. A week after Vince goes away, Shayna Baszler is suddenly getting a women's title shot on pay per view. Wow, someone that can, a woman that can wrestle actually getting a title shot? Not, not a woman that is, seems to have forgotten to put her clothing on? See, I've heard also rumour that they want to use Clash of the Castle coming up to kind of separate the belts potentially, that's just a rumour. And that either Drew or it would be the WWE belt taken away from Ro- from uh, Roman, you know, hold on the Universal, 
And the rumour I've heard, you know, it's just rumours of it carrying cross? That either the W belt will be taken by Drew or Carrion. And I think there's, they're still planning on doing a draft, so I'm assuming that they're like, well, we can't do a draft. Like, Roman's not going to show up for both shows. We need two separate, like, guys. Yeah. So I think Drew and Carrion will get back to the same brand. They'll feud for a bit over the WWE belt while Roman does yeah, whatever I he heard, does. I had heard a small rumour, and don't quote me on this, because as you say, it's just a small rumour I've heard. Yeah. I heard they may have been thinking about doing something much like we did with uh, Kurt Angle back in the day, and Jericho and Benoit. Oh yeah, the two you know, falls thing. Both titles up for grabs, two falls. And I'd heard rumour that that may be a thing they're going to do with Drew and Karrion Cross. But also, you're right to remember, we've also got the elephant in the room, which is Austin Theory in the brief, briefcase. Yeah, because if there's a second champion, then the odds of him actually cash in. Not going to say successfully, but yeah. it's, it's a lot more likely when there's another champion rather than it just being Rome, because even on his... Even the best of circumstances, I could only see Theory getting battered by Roman. Ah, you'd have to put the belt on a lesser person. Yes, yes, you would. You know, you wouldn't put it on Drew for him to be beat by Theory because, no, Drew's better than him. I think you'd have Drew say Theory if he's like the WWE champ again. Say Theory, like, do give him a similar talking down to like you did to Kevin Owens the other week. There, like, say, say him, like, don't be cashing in on me from behind. Fight me like a man. Let's wrestle in this wrestling ring. Mm. And they have a competitive match. But Austin Theory loses. Yeah. And then Drew makes the briefcase a part of him. That sounded... That sounded... That had connotations that... By putting it through his head. Ah. I thought you were thinking something else. No, I was not saying anything questionable, you sick, sick man. You're the one who said it. But You're the one who thunk it. Let's go back to 2000, shall we? We've talked enough about uh, current day WWE, but let's go back to the exciting period of 2000 where we open the show with new Intercontinental Champion Rikishi. And we're given the uh, replay of Rikishi shockingly winning the IC title from Chris Benoit three days ago in mm-hmm. the timely, uh, from Chris Benoit. And then the celebration, which was abruptly ended by Chris, Chris Benoit. Benoit. And as the night goes on, there's a big fucking bruise getting worse and worse across Rikishi's shoulder, mm. which becomes a big factor going on. That's because I think the fact that he ends up fighting Benoit and then later Valvinus, who he's also had some very violent brawls with the last few weeks, is a big story. Rikishi that, you know, even though he's coming in as the biggest man probably in the tournament size-wise, it's a case of he still can remain, like, it's still a big thing for him to get through as far as he does because he's overcoming some some injuries and mm. other things that are really slowing him down and, Hurting somebody's offense, like when he has to do small and drop, he struggles to do it because the one arm. Yeah. So I was like, go to say JR and King are our commentary duo for this evening. King talk going on about how he's royalty and all that. Uh, oh, they named this pay per view after me, you know, <laughs> and all that stuff. So we got Rikishi and Benoit coming out for this opening round quarterfinal match in the King of the Ring tournament. They also mentioned 15 minute time limit for the quarterfinal, 30 minutes for the Semis and no time limit for the uh, the main mm-hmm. event, the, the finals, that is. They, they needn't have bothered even telling you that because the fourth semi-final, no, the fourth quarter-final match between Angle and Jericho is the only match out of the, any of the King of the Ring matches on this show that goes close to 10 minutes. Mm. And that goes a whopping 9 minutes 50. Yeah, and with a horribly screwy finish. Yeah, Paul's old favourite, the screwy finish. Yeah. Let's get into into this match. It's a very short one. 
to kick us off here. Like, yeah. But it does play into Rikishi's story of the evening. Yeah. Because they go at each other because obviously Rikishi's still angry about about Benoit um, attacking him and everything. Benoit's just angry mental. in general and mental. Yeah. Though, amazingly, he did cut a coherent promo on this. Later on, all the while, all the while, even though he only wrestled for a short period, being very out of breath, going, well, Chris Benoit does whatever Chris Benoit wants to do. He's not the best technical wrestler in the world. You don't seem to know how to breathe too well, though. Yeah. Uh, all of, because there's a big close-up where he's got Rikishi in a hole and he smiles, you see the big gaps in his teeth. Mm. And Jerry Law actually had a really good line, he went, He's a wrestler's nightmare, but an orthodontist's dream. Don't <laughs> <laughs> really like that one, but yeah, they really go at each other. I remember even as a kid watching this, I liked Rikishi, but I never remembered seeing Rikishi as IC champion. And then watching like, oh, Rikishi's the IC champion. He comes over the ice because he comes over the IC belt. Going, like I said, really laying each other straight. Benoit's got the big chops and everything. Rikishi manages to hit the Samoan draw. Benoit, the commentators really give him props for being able to get a big German suplex on the massive Samoan. And then he does a what they call a modified cross face, where they ha- where he has him like when he needs and he's kind of got his arm trapped, but he's kind of also choking him mm. as well. That's where he does a big like thing with Sven, that's where Gerald Lord does his, yeah. his line and everything. Someone has a sign that says, This is not a Chris Benoit sign. All <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh, I did not see that one. No. It's just a random one, like, you know, I don't like, okay. It's like, there used to be a reoccurring thing with people bringing signs that said, it doesn't matter what my sign says. I, I did see one during the, the tag, the fatal, the four way between yeah. the, ta- and the tag, where one side said, Scottish, show me your warm. <laughs> yeah, that's another I've fair few. That fair, a regular thing of women, women bringing those signs, or there was a sign with a warm with a crown that says, King of the Worm on it. I didn't like the fact that JR called them wormless, though. <laughs> well, that's still very kind. <laughs> but Benoit gets Rikishi in the crippler cross face, and Rikishi manages to to get to the ropes, and that just seems to be a thing. It just sets Benoit off like, like he cannot believe. How, how dare you get to the ropes when I'm locking in my submission move? So, so he proceeds to beat the piss out of him with a chair. Yeah, he grabs a chair, gets himself DQ'd, and even as a kid watching this, I didn't like this. I didn't like the opening match for show ending no, the DQ. It sucked. Also, didn't like Benoit at that period of time hitting, hurting Rikishi with a chair because I liked Rikishi. I, I really liked him at any point. So, yeah. kind of got to like him in the mid 2000s. Didn't hate him again when I watched my Bad Blood 2004 DVD because he beat Kane in that. And a match that we watched back in was, I was reminded how that match is god awful. <laughs> yeah, it's just god awful. But. I'm not going to blame Kane for that, am I? No, blame, blame the other guy. Blame the psycho. Yeah. So he beats up Rikishi with a chair, so Rikishi wins in 3 minutes 25 at via DQ and advances, but it's also worse for wear with injuries because of the chair shot. And then all these referees and agents, you got Tony Gurry and Sergeant Slaughter there, and they all try and stop him, but they do the worst possible. They're like, hey, stop it. Leave him alone. Stop yeah. it. And you know, the only way, like, there's enough of them there that are big guys. <laughs> Some even former wrestlers, you know, when Benoit claims that turnbuckle to cross, like, do the headbutt. Yeah. So many of them standing there. We could have just caught him. I know, I was going to say, why didn't they just try and catch him? Why, why stand in front of him and then when he jumps go, 
Oh, okay, just jump on Rikishi. Aye, they're all standing ground around Rikishi. As soon as Ben Lord dies off the dot, they fucking part like the Red Sea. Aye. Letting Rikishi get down. And then that gives Ben Lord the time to go and lock in the crosshairs again. And that's they're like, like, that's like some dick jump, trying to stage dive at a gig and everybody going, no, we're not catching you. Well, that was good, too. Like, why didn't you catch him? Like, stage dive him to fuck away from Rikishi. But, like, then he gets back in the crosshairs and they're not, instead of pulling him up, they're like, no, stop it. Let him go. Stop that. No, stop. Back. No, stop, it's terrible, no. <laughs> so then, yeah. Oh the no, you're giving him a crossface again. Oh heavens, stop. <laughs> the match is over. People are pretty pissed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Rikishi advances to the semi-finals of the King of the Ring. With a sore arm, Benoit wanders down the ramp looking like Benoit. <laughs> There's a... Big flashy, like King of the Ring like, graphics that we get. Yeah, and it shows swords. Big swords and everything. Yeah. Like, Kishi's advanced, yeah. And he'll need the winner of the next match that we're going to talk about. But before that, we get a flashback to Sunday Night Heat, where, yeah, Michael Cole interviewing uh, Robo Linda. She's arrived. Yeah, oh, yeah, Robo Linda. So like, well, what are you doing here? She's like, tonight, I'm going to do what I should have done a long time ago. I'm here to confront my husband. And I'm she's going to confront my husband. Now bugger off, oh, Michael Cole. Cole. I can't take the pressure and don't know how to properly conduct an interview anyway. <laughs> Why do you insist on putting a camera in my face? I am Robo Linda, powering down. Mm. And then it cuts to Vince, because the recurring thing the last couple of weeks is the whole reason that they were setting up, you know, them being a six-man tag, and then the six-man tag being for the title and the... And everything was because every time Linda comes here, Vince gets all up to like, all right, fine, we'll do this thing. But then Vince <laughs> sitting there going, oh, no, she's talking again. Vince makes the decision very rashly that impacts everybody else negatively. And then they're like, like, just whenever, whenever she's around, whenever Linda's around, you know, she, she you, you kind of lose your cool. So don't lose your cool. Like, what, Linda? My wife? She's going to cause me to lose my cool. Oh, I'm, I'm cool. I'm Joe cool. Right? I am Joe cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it, and then literally as soon as he leaves, Shane and Shane and Joe is looking at like he's not gonna keep his cool. No. Uh, Joe, <laughs> I like all of the way to that. Hey Joe, <laughs> hey Joe, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I always like Triple H at this time period. He was just a grumpy shape. <laughs> he was. He, was, then, he, was, he, was, he, was, he wasn't so much a gamer that boy. Was oh, Stephanie's grumpy man. <laughs> he's, he's like the fucking the son-in-law sitting there going fuck's sake man I'm in the middle of this fish I'm not going your mind as again like Aye. your dad's always losing his temper your mom sounds like a fucking robot your brother's a pain in the ass. only sin his eyes always doing that jumping about he yeah. does can you're, he have any you're, luck, you're lucky I'm going to be running this company one day the best the best of my pals are all fucked off injured and the ones I've got are shite <laughs> <laughs> Sean's away, fucking Billy. DX is fucked, Billy's away, fuck's sake. So, Vin, so Vince wants it, and then we get a replay of what we just, even though we just fucking saw it and we've not really gone anywhere from pay-per-view, but we get a recap of Benoit and Kishi with a chair. Yeah, and then no, we had to see that twice. And they get to, Benoit gets asked like that, probably you said a bit more coherent, you know, Benoit, why did you, because he said something, why did you throw away your chance to become the king of the ring? Like, <laughs> Everybody knows that Chris Benoit, heavy breathing, is the, is the best technical wrestler in the world. But the very fan out tonight, 
is that I do what I want, when I want. So what you wanted to do at the time was get yourself disqualified from King of the Ring and not advance. Like, Good thinking, Psycho Boy. Like, so what you, you do what you want to do. So you didn't want to win King of the Ring and potentially set yourself up for a title shot next month at Fully Loaded, yeah. even though you technically get a shot next month at Fully Loaded. Oh, you, you know him. He's, he's, his mind wasn't he right. No, 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 for, for a number of reasons. Uh-huh. Particularly chair shots like the one he gave with fucking Rikisha. But let, he let's, took a few let's those. not delve into the conversation of Benoit's mind. No, let's delve into the next quarterfinal match, shall we? Oh, yes. Uh, is Valvina taking on uh, Eddie Guerrero. And again, another recap has made another story beat kind of woven in. Yeah. The bit where uh, unsuccessfully Val tried to cause Eddie Guerrero to lose his, his European Championship on SmackDown the previous week. <sighs> No, nobody. They don't show the boss man twatting China in the face. Pretty lot. I know, but it's weird about this. Uh, the show is that I not only did I remember some things from watching it, but I also looked at certain character like Eddie here. You know, with his freshly you know cut hair and everything. The yeah. gear. I looked at certain characters on the show, and I remember looking at them like I think it came to Ed, when it came to Eddie. A Crash and the Hardys on this show. Mm-hmm. The versions that we see on this show. I remember having uh, action figures of these characters wearing the gears that they have on this show. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always thought that was cool. Like, oh, he's wearing that thing like my action figure. And weirdly, the crash I know because Crash did that weird thing with his chin where he's like, he's thumb and he's like finger mm. there, using his chin. Uh, and then I remember having the crash I swear, but one of his hands was permanently fixed, fixed in that position so he could do the pose. But it also made for a weird thing. You're trying to make him punch with that hand, or you're playing with your wrist. Like he said, so he's, he's going, nah. Yeah, it was like poke at you. He pokes people and then punches them with the other hand. Yeah, pokes them in the eye, punches them in the face. And I'm pretty sure that that crash all the action figure also came with the wee scales that he used to carry it as well. <laughs> See, that's so you could pose it, so he could go like that and go well, holding his scales up. Well, like, I, I see that had the Harry's like I make they had similar ish gear because I'm I'm sure. There was more bluey green in the in the hair of the Jeff Hardy that I had, but he always had like green. green. No, he always had weird multicolored hair. Yeah. So yeah. And yeah. Ma- Matt was thin. <laughs> yes. But whole lot of time to be alive. Both the Hardys in competitive shape. So King King Lawler, Jerry Lawler, because he's a pervert, uh, basically roots for Valvinus to advance in the King of the Ring because that would mean more times he gets to stay at Tristratus. She's already going to be out later on to manage TNA and yeah. the four-way tag match. Because that, that's all we need is more Trish Stratus on a TV pay-per-view. I didn't just, yay. It's a, it's a pretty competitive match. Like they, they get slightly more time here. They get around eight, eight minutes and 40 seconds. But two decent workers here get to basically... I think of a lot of matches, yes, they don't go long apart from the angle one. I think for the most part, these matches get to the exception of that one that opened because... You know, I don't, I don't like a DQ to start off a pay-per-view. Yeah. I think a lot of these matches get to achieve what they were meant to achieve and guys get to make the, best, make the most of their, their matches. So, uh, I think it's a, cause I think it's a decent back and forth this match. You know, they, at the moment where I think Eddie controls the star and then they both go tumble into the outside. I believe it's Val that gets sent into the steps or the post by, by Eddie Guerrero, but they get back in and Val then starts working over Eddie and it kind of slows every side and Val's kind of try to work over Eddie try to be a like try to make himself feel bigger than he actually like we mean mm. big big evil heel working over the hitting a big backbreaker on the baby face and everything Eddie was the baby face 
Yes, apparently so. Wow, I never could tell. Hmm. There, well, maybe not to some of the people in Boston, to be fair, because I did not pick up on a mild Eddie Sutz chant breaking out. Like, although I think it was only a small group because they started chanting, and then I think it was a case of like you ever be a place where you start try to start a chant, and then you you all be allowed to stop because no one else is. No one else is picking up. This small group guy goes, hey, come on, everybody, Eddie, sir. Eddie. I, I would have backed him up. Like, Eddie, uh, and then they would like, no, like, anybody else is saying it, just sit, sit by down, sit by down. I, I would have backed him up with a megaphone. <laughs> yes, but you weren't there. How are you going to get the megaphone in? They'd probably take that off of you. Yeah. Oh, Guerrero, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> I'm not your friend, buddy. Uh, your character sucks, guy. <laughs> Betty does fight back. He, <coughs> the bit where Val goes for some sort of pollen move, but Eddie catches him with a drop kick. And then he goes for the, the frog splash, but he does the thing where Val moves, so he does the roll through, which always amounted that. And then Val got him with a quite impressive spine buster. Then goes for his mind shot, which, again, I'm like, he's not a porn star anymore. Change the name. Mm. You want him to be taken seriously, change the name. He goes for it, but Eddie gets the knees up. China tries... Uh, no, sorry, Trish tries to get involved, but China pulls her off the apron. They make you think this is going to be the finish. Yeah. Where Eddie rolls up Val to, I think sometime before this, also Val blatantly gets his feet in the middle rope. Eddie kicks it anyway, and the ref is oblivious to the fact that Val, despite being deceptively tall, he's got his legs like dangling, yeah. dangling up in the air. But then they get they go a bit quick, uh, and forth, and then he reverses, then he reverses, and then, he reverses, and then Val breaks out. I don't recall seeing him do this much. Perfect but, plex. Yeah, like Fisherman Suplex, also known as the Perfect Plex, or when he went to WCW, the Henning Plex, it was called. Ah. But anyway, it's the Fisherman Suplex and gets the win in 8 minutes 40, as I said. And so Val Venus, I think when you look to the brackets, if you were watching the weekly TV, as we have been waiting this match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of did spill out, like, <clears throat> wonder who's going to go through. Is the IC champ going to also face the European champ? Or is he going to face the guy who spent two weeks trying to murder? Mm. I I do wonder. Mm. I do wonder. I remember the time I thought Eddie and Val were, Eddie and Val were in some sort of feud of the European title when I first watched this because I I was a I was like a year ahead in terms of my watching because I wouldn't have been watching week to week during yeah. this period so I didn't know what was happening week to week. I didn't realize that after this would actually be Val going after the IC title. Ah, I didn't know. And then I thought I thought this was funny. Val. Uh, Pat Patterson is backstage with the wardrobe lady and he's got a big bunch of outfits for his hard evening game match and he doesn't like any of them. Yeah. He's complaining about all like, look, he's big, look, he's big, I've got something that nothing fits me, like, look at the size of this, like, this is way too big, Undertaker could get into this. And then he says he is a size six. <laughs> no, he's like, he's like, i got to find something that makes me look slim, size six would be perfect. And then he gets one, look, my grandmother would wear this. <laughs> I do, I do like the the, the wardrobe lady. Though she's like, I'm good, but I'm not a miracle worker. He's like, What are you trying to say? What? No, what are you trying to say, man? And then you're a fat and ugly old man, and you're going to be in a dress. It's like a red and black skirt. You're like, what is this? Michael Jackson's mini skirt? And there's this big feather bow. Like, how many chickens had to die for this? Ask Hogan in two years. <laughs> I don't. Know. And he's like, I got to look better than Briscoe. I'm the champion for God's sake. And then she does the bit like, I'm not a miracle worker, but... Yeah. <laughs> and then 
we've got our next match, Crash Holly versus Bill Buchanan for in this quarterfinal match. The little package before it, we get to see that Val's been getting wins with little roll-ups and things. He's been getting wins he hasn't been expected to get. Yeah, you got a random roll-up over Albert and then through Briscoe trying to attack him and get his uh, hardcore belt. Him being hit with a two of her means that Crash won by... By DQ. Aye, so it, it's her two versus it got Crash for them the... Uh, in the tournament, and also it's a dude long enough for, for Briscoe to pin him. Yeah. Uh, so he's completely ideal. Oh, like, we are Roy Jetson. Oh, how, how does he do it? <laughs> and they keep talking about, oh, it's the Cinderella story of, of Crash Holly. And then JR and the King, I think, during the match, getting a weird discussion of glass slippers and ruby shoes. I think that's during the angle match. They had, oh, but is like, it during that but, one? But I do, well, we'll talk about that just now, because they, they go on it for, for a weird amount of time. We do, we do. We go, like, because JR keeps calling, calling it the Cinderella story, and, and then King's like, why'd you keep calling him Cinderella? Like, you're questioning his manhood? Like, no, no I'm saying his life's Cinderella, you know? He's, that's, and they talk about it, so like, no, I'm pretty sure that was the Wizard of Oz. And then, no, he's, he's like, he's like, Glass of who has ruby shoes? And I'm pretty sure that was Julie, Judy Garland. <laughs> and then there's a people where it's a buzz where which I realized like we've been talking for a story long, or somebody's maybe said something. He says like he just goes, "What the hell does that guy do with the match?" Vince, Vince sitting in the gorilla going, "Stop talking about fucking shoes! God damn it! Talk about the match! Talk about the match, not the shoes! <laughs> Call the match, not the shoes! Call the match, not, not the, the shoes!" shoes. And they, but then we're thinking, oh, he's lugging him out because he's going up against Big Bull Barry Buchanan. Barry? His real name is Barry, I believe. Barry Big? Barry Buchanan. Should just have called him Big Barry. Barry Buchanan. No, no relation to Neil Buchanan of Art Attack fame. No. Fucking uh, Crash Horry against Big Mad Barry. Moan Barry. <laughs> Neil Buchanan comes in after a score match. Here's one I beat up earlier. <laughs> 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 anyway, there are there are some very loud. I told you, fucking use PV glue, you bastard. Glitter sprinkles, you cunt. There's loud, very loud Elroy chants as well during this match as well. <laughs> but it's, and it's done in good taste, you know. We liked him. I liked him. I liked I liked Chris as well. But this match only goes about four minutes. But it's basically Bill Buchanan. Battering Crash. Nah, he's Crash getting a doing off Bill. There's a point where he looks like he got a roll like two. He kind of turns around and Bill's like, How dare you try and pick are me? You, are, you talk, are you talking of that weird moment where he basically crawls down Bill's leg and tries to roll him up? And then Bill's like, like you say, You Dane, get like, How dare you think you can beat me? Clothesline takes his head off. You're barely the size of my leg. <laughs> and they keep arguing about the. They do argue in this match what sounds better. King Crash or King Bull. Uh, I like the idea of him just going to Jean Lane. I hence henceforth be known as King Barry. King Barry. <laughs> I like to see him speaking in an English accent. All hail King Barry. Of the House of Bull. <laughs> My first proclamation is that boss man can go fuck himself. <laughs> and there's to never be any mention of B Square. And there shall be yeah. much rejoice. Hurrah. But then unfortunately it was not rejoiced for, for Bill Buchanan because he goes for the scissors kick he misses it completely Yeah. Crash rolls over gets a roll up and immediately <laughs> runs like it. fuck I even put here Crash likes it <laughs> <laughs> just runs away like it I did it I like fucking Futurama cheese it <laughs> there you go uh, and then we've got Lin- Robo Linda on the phone 
my arms aren't moving as they usually do. Oh, husband is here, must fall back. I, I have to come onto television. I have to give an interview in a most monotone voice. Oh wait, I can just use my own voice. <laughs> Hurrah! And there was much rejoicing. See like that fellow Ted, but like, I need to be married to a woman with a boring voice. I'm sorry, Vince. Did you say you're looking for a wife with a very exciting, booming voice? No, he wants a wife with a very boring voice. <laughs> very dull and boring. I've been told many times that my voice puts people to sleep. The thing with Linda was she even sounded... See when she was trying to sound, you know, exciting? Mm-hmm. She just sounded awkward. Yeah. That was her whole... That was her two personalities, awkward and boring. Well, like, Vince come in here. You know, yeah. The polar opposites, you've yeah, got Remus, so. he's dull, and then you've got Mr. Ha I am a mad character, I am Vince. Yes. He plays it far too understated, he plays it far too overstated, basically. Well, not for the time period. Yeah. Well, what do we have here? My mm-hmm. wife has graced us with her presence here in Boston. Is this the same Lindemann man who continues to meddle in my affair? Is this the same Lindemann man who... Reinstated Stone Cold Steve Austin after I fired his ass. This is the same Linda McMahon who wanted Mick Foley to live his dream WrestleMania shortly before I crushed it. This is the same Linda McMahon who made Shawn Michaels the official spokesperson for the WWF. You brought back Dave Hebner. You re-signed The Undertaker. You slapped your own daughter. I admit it, he said Dave Hebner. We're like, no, oh, it was Errol Hebner you'd have to, but he's like Hulk Hogan back in the 80s. He gets confused as well. Yeah. And she'd be like, well, Vince, I'm here to ask, what are you doing about the six man to, Are you going to be man enough to face the Rock on Shane Kane with just you, Shane, and Triple H? Or are you going to have to be 12 on 3 again like you were last Thursday in order to win? <laughs> well, and then he then starts to go and explain so and then he doesn't like the way his wife's looking like, don't you give me that look. It was now remember, it was your idea, little lady. Dad, <laughs> <laughs> this devotion added to the match. You know what? Fine. No. There'll be no interference tonight. Because tonight, Vince McMahon, just like always, will be stand victorious along with Shane and along with Triple H. Mm. And he's goes very goes, Thank you for showing up tonight in Boston. And just buggers off, not realizing that he's basically just been played again. Yeah. You said you weren't going to lose your cool. Joe Cool, you said. You lost your cool again. <laughs> it's always thing where kind of like, I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to get fooled again. And then you see them later on, and later on, like, God damn it! <laughs> it's always trouble. It's like, aye, but you did, but you did. <laughs> Tell you were gone, and you did. You dick. Uh, uh, Shake, man. <laughs> you did. And then we have our final, our final match in the King of the Ring with Kurt Angle taking on Chris Jericho. Kurt Angle comes out with a microphone, cutting his. Uh, his usual promo all the time. And talking goes, I'm going to do something tonight that the Bruins could not do. The Celtics could not do. The Red Sox could not do. You know what? Come to think of it, the teams in this town really do suck. <laughs> but I, I'm your Olympic hero is going to win the big one. It's true. Or as you would say here in Boston, I, it's true. I'm fat. I'm unemployed. Now get me another uh, beer. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> but then Jericho comes out and puts angry with you know, Kirk Angel. <laughs> you know, in my mind, in the mind of all these Jerichoholics, to which Jericho and cuts and goes, oh please, Jerichoholics don't have minds. 
during the match, maybe the Jericho Hogs need another beer. He's like, you know, you're in our minds, you're already a king. You're the king of ugly, horrendous ring attire. Which goes, that's our nation's colors he's wearing. You're the king of all the nerds. And you are the king of 30-year-old virgins. And quite frankly, Kirk Angel, you are one royal pain in the ass. Uh, Firstly, I like his ring attire. I've always liked Kurt Angle's ring attire. Uh-huh. I've always thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. And he looks a damn sight better than Jericho does nowadays. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. Jericho looks a, like a remix between himself and the angry old woman for the Goonies. <laughs> you know? Oh, hey. So he's put a berry on him. He's the old, he's the old fat woman for the Goonies. <laughs> oh. All right, but then you two go ahead. I think this is the better of the, at least of the quarterfinal matches that we've seen so far. Yeah. These two actually get a bit decent. You know, we've had time. It was just under just shy of ten minutes to to actually go out and exchange punches because Kurt didn't, didn't take too keenly to be, to be insulted as our Olympic hero. No, he did not. No, he did not. And then Jericho starts to change shots with, with Kurt before he gets launched over the top rope. And then Kurt Angle gets quite violent. He actually just grabs Jericho and just throws him over the <laughs> barricade into the crowd at one point. Get the... Like, you want to be... You like your Jericho-holics? Go we'll spend time with your Jericho-holics. You want to play with him? Well, go fuck on. Fucking play with him, my God. Because I was switching to the States. Angle tries to, you know, work over... Work over Jericho and the ring, uh, using his amateur game and everything. Oh. Uh, but, you know, Angle, he's an Olympic hero, you know, and tonight you can win another big one. King Kurt, that's, that's a great ring to it, yeah. <laughs> and then he, you know, you know the way he, Jer- they read the reverend, they do kind of foreshadow what's going to happen at the end of this, because they do mention because Lord does give out to Jericho. You know, the way, hear the way he talks about her, about Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. Yeah. <laughs> Jericho managed to avoid an angle slam and lock in the wall to Jericho and I believe it's is it Teddy Long that's the referee it is, it it is. Was, yeah. you can even hear the, 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 the accent yeah. you, got, you just, you're just with a you're gonna wrestle the Undertaker player Jericho Angle Jeanette you're about to go one on one with Chris Jericho player <laughs> Jeanette the WHL's going to be decided in a six man tag team match holla holla at which point Stephanie McMahon runs down to the ring and distracts the referee so she misses Kurt, the referee misses Kurt Angle tapping out Yeah, Jericho gets up and uh, yeah and you think you think you, so initially you're thinking right so like they seem they seem to be building that whole thing kind of weird mm-hmm. like we're we're giving you hints but at the same time not giving you hints and you're like hmm. Well, like, you know, like, like, we, we drop little hints of, like, yeah. Stephanie being impressed with Kurt. Yeah. But, like, at the start of the show, we don't really say nothing about it. Because, we'll, yeah. we'll, you know, usually when we look something like that would happen, we'd go, oh, what was going on there? But yeah. nothing was said of it, and then it happened again mm-hmm. during this match. So it, it wasn't so much, like, it was happening more organically. They weren't having to, like, mm-hmm. push it and talk it to, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, and I think her getting involved here, it follows the theme with her and Kurt, which will be a big thing in the coming months. Also, Jericho gets into a thing for a short while with, 
with Triple H following this because obviously Triple H is annoyed about Jericho constantly insulting insulting Stephanie. Yeah. So it's, it's two potential things for Triple H via Stephanie's interactions with him yeah, at the same time. And then she kind of helps Kurt Angle and you wonder, like, did she mean to help Kurt or is she just trying to you know, screw with Jericho? Yeah. Because then Angle bump, lightly bumps into Jericho who then bumps into the ref and then... Oh, don't, don't, can I, oh. And Taylor oh. just goes, oh. I swear to God, Jericho barely touched him. He laughed at him. He went, he went, uh, and waved his hand at him. And Teddy Long just kind of went, oh, he didn't fall back. He kind of just went, as if say, oh, that's my cue. And then he lay down with his arm out. <laughs> and you're like, for God's sake, Teddy. May as well just done a full on flare flop, just fall down yeah. in <laughs> Blade whilst you're at it, you know, go for it. Go with full Rick. I tell you, it's those referees, it's something in those referees shirts. Like, even if you're a, you're a wrestler, if it's on one of those shirts, that the light, as soon as you put it on, you're susceptible to the lightest that will knock you the fuck out. Yeah, you're, you're susceptible. <gasps> it's the wind. <laughs> oh no, a strong breeze. <laughs> That's a finishing move on a ref. Open the windy. <laughs> Blow them down. <laughs> so then. Oh no. Oh. And so Je- Stephanie tries to get involved in the match when the referee's down. Yeah. He grabs her hand and then just forces a kiss on hey, Stephanie, which gets a big pop from the ground. And there's basically one guy in the front row who's standing up and applauding at that point. We're like, okay, that's the point you choose to stand up and we're like, ah, forcing a woman to kiss you when she doesn't want to. Like, superb work, Chris, superb. Oh, I Five I, stars, Bill. Five stars, yes, Peter shakes. <laughs> and then, I, I do love that uh, whenever they mention it, mention it again, you have... Jerry Law going, how, how, much, how long is Stephanie going to have to brush her teeth to get the stench of, of Y2J out of her mouth? <laughs> and Angle hits the Olympic slam for the win, and I said 9 minutes 50. Angle yeah. is advanced, so our semi finals Angle versus Crash and Val versus Rikishi. See, like, as soon as you heard that match coming up, you thought to yourself, oh, well, I wonder how long Crash will last. Uh, you had a good run of it, Crash. Yeah, you gave it a good effort, pal. You had a good effort, pal. But like, you look at it, you know, like you're like, well, there's you, and then there's Kurt Angle. Right, yeah. like, like, like the sofa thing. Again, it's like, no, 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 no. Me here, you, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. You're here. Yeah. Go and give me another beer. Uh, fucking cut angle. Oh, it's true. Oh, it's damn true. <laughs> I'm here. Is somewhere down, maybe down right here. Yeah. Oh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, angle gets yeah, so an angle's obviously a favorite coming into this. Uh, then we get back to you said like Shane giving out to to Vince like no, nah, but you said you keep your cool. You, you said, didn't keep you your said, co- you said you keep your cool. You didn't keep your cool. You let her get to you again. <laughs> you know, like oh that was no interference. Like last last week it was all great. He's got coming. Why 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 you get the rock? You pin the rock. Uh, that was no interference. And like Shane, you got to be confident. Or is your confidence? Remember, you're a McMahon. Remember what your last name is. man. You got to be com- you got to maintain our confidence. And then he goes, well, I'm not worried about my confidence. I'm worried about Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> I remember before he before he tries to, to give him his wee talk, like, now you go get Shane. Because he's still in his suit where Shane's and he's like, stuff he's going to wear. Like, I'll get Shane's in one, but Shane, remember your confidence. <laughs> and it goes back to commentary and Joe Lawless and sits like, you know, this is Vince Man, I'm at Man's. No, Vince don't go anything without a plan. I got a thing that Vince 
Notice what he said. Vincent Mann's got to have a master plan. I guarantee it. <laughs> and then we take a little break from... Well, actually, no, we go to... Maybe we go to WF New York to that thing we mentioned earlier on. Mick Foley also with a new haircut. Yeah, Mick Foley with his with his short hair that he had for a while. Yeah. He's there. And then Ivory is also there, but working behind the bar, trying to get Mick's attention. She's pouring him a wee pint. A shit pint, as you mentioned. Uh, a wee, a wee shitey, no probably pulled pint of what looked like piss water. Yeah. So I'm so I'm sorry if if by chance we have any American or New York based listeners. But your beer looks weak, man. I'm sorry to say. We don't even know what kind of beer that was. Now. Uh, yeah, well, if that was if that was not your beer, I apologize. And if that is just the quality of WWF New York's yeah. alcohol and food, because I have heard tell from. Scott, who read it somewhere, or something, he had, he heard rumour that the food in that place yeah. was not the best. Well, I've heard people, like, other people on the podcast said, oh, I was in New York, and I went to New York, and the food was fucking awful. So. It's a shame, really, because, I mean, if you think about it, it would have been nice to, you know, like, say that, like, ah, yeah, I went, I went there. Food I mean, sucked, but I, mean, I was I mean, there. I mean, it's cool to see you there, I mean, yeah, because <laughs> they hype up on, on, on on commentary as well. Yeah. Oh, I went to the No, I had this. I tried this. How was it? Oh, it was delicious. Like, so clearly you're... Clearly you have... So clearly you, they ordered in for you. Either they got it from somewhere else. Either A, they ordered it from someone else. B, you have shit tasting food. Or B, or C, you're fucking lying. <laughs> you're lying. You're fibbing, man. Fibbing. Uh, but everybody tries to get be a part of this. Like, hey, Mick. Hey, Mick Foley. Mick. Got you a beer. Mick. Mick. Mick, listen to me, involve me in this segment. Acknowledge me. We're talking to you and we just wanted me to work behind the bar. Talk to me. Mick, Mick, Bully, Bully, Bully. Mankind, Mankind, Cactus, Jack, what? Hi. Hi. Beer. But then, Mick Foley's having a hard time as it is because he, you can see him holding an EP earpiece. Because there's a big crowd of fans around him going, ah! Yeah, he had it in the right ear for the piece, right? I know, because he had the ear. You know, because those earpieces like, go over and he didn't have a bit to go over the ear either. <laughs> you know, all these fans here in WF New York, they they seem to love my new haircut. Ah, you know, I gotta come. I had to come down when I knew that WF New York was showing King of the Ring. You know, even though I got a meeting in Connecticut in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, and he talks about his cell and cell match. And he's like, I don't remember a lot of the match, but a lot of the fans seem to fondly remember that match. Yeah, I believe that'll be the match I'm, I'm most remembered for in my career. And like, just, don't you fucking know it's about? Uh, well, that uh, and, you know, Mania 23. 22. 22. And... That's the thing with Mick. He has several memorable matches at the moment. the things he's remembered for is being hurt a lot. I was going to say, it damaged him so much he doesn't remember himself. Yeah. Including the Hell in a Cell and the thing at King, so, that, that Rumble 99. Oh, I don't like, I don't ever usually feel comfortable watching that match yeah. because it's basically a man being fucking handcuffed and having his head caved in mm-hmm. with a chair. That is, that is a, it's a, it's a televised assault. <laughs> Very much, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the, the Rock wasn't taking any time with those fucking chair shots, neither. This, this isn't a match, this is a new mu- musical. Concussion Live. That was, a, that was a case of, you know, you talked about Simpsons quotes? Yeah. Stop it, stop it, he's already dead. I think it's like. 
I think they could like both Rock got way into into, into like the moment of it, and also when he got hit, was meant to start making his way to the ramp, but uh, but wasn't making his way up, so like fucking moved to the ramp and like be like, stop hitting me, stop, let me stand, I can't see. <laughs> so then he's like, oh, who do you have playing the king ring? Like, I, I think I have to go with Kurt Angle. They're like, ah, oh, that's my pick too. Hey, 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 first time me and Mick Foley have ever agreed on something. Hey, Mick. Where'd you get your haircut? I don't want to go there by mistake. I think Mick's hair a little touch better than yours always did, King. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, <laughs> not a lot of time period, but nah. early career. But then we go to our wee break from the King Round Tour, and we have a four-way match, a four-way elimination match for the WWF tag team titles of Edge and Christian, TNA, the Hardys, and two girls. Meep and pout and annoyance, and I don't like this match because I didn't get to see who I like winning. Oh, boo frickity. Yes, boo frickity who indeed. It was terrible. What was not terrible was Edge and Christian talking about, doing their opening about, like, greetings to all our fans here in Beantown. <laughs> you know, this town, oh, it's had this first share of memorable sports and moments. And they start listening to them. And then, but in the end, we decided to stick with the classic. And Edge reveals he's got a Mets jersey on. He goes, "Add so for the benefit of for flash photography." As always, the says, "Please flash for my photography." <laughs> anyway, we like to send this as the greatest sporting moment in the history of Boston. And so, uh, he sticks Christian, to, uh, Christian, Christian puts a a Boston, Boston, a Boston shirt on. And basically, the ball goes through a uh, Christian's feet. There, basically, it was a. Bill Butner basically costing the Red Sox the, the series, the World Series, because the ball went through through his thing. Damn. I think uh, I believe Pete Rose played on the Mets team that what that that beat them that year when they did when that happened, or yeah. he was involved in because he that's what he's referencing when he cuts his heel promo at Mania fourteen. He goes because that's in Boston as well. He goes last time I was here, we kicked your ass. I was like Bill Butner being the guy who was like went through his feet. He goes. I said, I left some tickets for Bill Buckner, but he couldn't bend over to pick him up. <laughs> so, so that's why they had him come out in Boston. Then people in Boston cheered when Kane dropped him on his fucking head. Yeah, I can imagine why. I love, I love it because Boston not being able to win a World Series for like years until they did like some a while ago. It was called the Curse of the Bambino, and uh, I love the love uh, JR after they do their fighting bows. Curse of Bambino still alive and well. Thanks to these two knuckleheads. <laughs> So then TNA come in and then I didn't realise this is the first proper pay-per-view that you know Elite is now you know with the Hardys which yeah, is yeah, yeah. and then you got two cool and then Scotty Too Hoy wearing the WF tag belt upside down as well yeah but the two of them went over as fuck at that point why 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 I don't not know not why were they over because it's obvious why they were over because they were good as shit so for a span of six days technically five well five five, five days technically three if during eight on TV time, but because of tape delay, five days, two cool had all the gold, and then they lost. Two of them lost their gold. And How long just, did two cool hold those tag belts? They they won them on a SmackDown. On a SmackDown, I believe it was. This SmackDown you did the uh, the watch along with me for. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the following Raw. Maybe they won them. Yeah. So about three or four weeks they held onto the belts. So barely a month. Barely a month they got the belts. But so. This is Vince, great thinking again. Great thinking, Vince, you dick. But one of the most over teams, like the fans fucking love Too Cool. Yeah. And you give them the titles, which makes the fans love them even more. Yeah. 
and then you have them lose them in a screwy fucked up finish. Why? Because heat for Agent Christian? Fuck Agent Christian. <laughs> Fuck them both in their stupid ears, man. Fuck the dickheads. Ears. Anyway. The opening of this not pouting or nothing. No, 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 no. The opening of this match is basically a mini match between bloody the Hardys and TNA. Yeah. Because the other team's just TNA, and it's just a wee back and forth. Like, okay, like, like one of these teams is not like the other, and that team is TNA. So, like, let's get them out as quickly as possible. It seemed to be. Yeah. He had a back and forth between Jeff and Albert to start. Then Matt gets like the blind tag. Test comes in for a bit. I remember looking at his head like, look like. If Tommy from the Power just had a meaner older brother. <laughs> yeah, kinda, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll get my big brother to you. He does a massive elbow drop of the top rope, you Aye. He's not good at playing WrestleMania 2000, basically when he plays we're, himself. We're going to make him a White Ranger, but he couldn't fit in the suit, so ah. Yeah. Uh. He's a bit too roidy for the suit. Aye. Is he a roidy man? And he's later runs. Oh. Not this point, but later Is that on. when he had. Short trunks and spiky hair. Yes. Yeah. I think all three onwards, and especially his two thousand and six ECW run, he was. He was a little veiny. As it was, W would say he's a, he was a roidy magoo. A roidy magoo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. A roidy magoo. Yeah. Then it comes in. Uh, Matt Jeff tries to go to the top, but he gets pushed off. Well, no, that's actually later on. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Le- again, and basically a repeat of. Trish tried to get involved earlier on uh, with in the Eddie match. She tries to do it again here by trying to grab one of the Hardy's legs. Leo knocks her down and then Tess fucking grabs her by the hair and tries to pull her up. Yeah. He gets dropped. And then Albert grabs <clears> her <throat> and lifts her up in kind of the baldo bomb position. He gets dropped and Leo just lands right on Albert. Uh, but to be fair, you got a first size bail. That probably cushioned the landing for I her. I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tess gets the he's, he's pump handle slam, but then Jeff comes in, swan turns him. They roll over. TNA get quickly eliminated. I like, we're allowed to come in, but get them at the quick. Right. We, we, we needed a fourth, but now you can fuck off. Yeah. It's a shame that we were in it just to make up with numbers, though. Scotty gets to be in briefly, but then he does his wee moonwalk, but he goes too close to Edge and Christmas Corner, so he went, yink, and tags himself back in. Yeah. Uh, so Edge and Christian the Hardys get involved, and I'm surprised we didn't get to see more of Too Cool before this tie-out, because then Too Cool don't come back in until after the Hardys are eliminated, which is the just the babyface tag team, you think. No, they'll stay in and fight, whereas he, Legend Christian, will try and like wait for everybody else to be eliminated. Yeah. But uh, the Hardys and Legend Christian, you know, you can't really go wrong with them. They had them strong back and forth for a little while. Uh, Lita comes in behind the rest back and hits a Hurricane Ratna on the on edge. And they're all like, no, I know that she's not a good athlete, but what the hell is she doing getting involved in this match? <laughs> uh, Jeff goes to the up, goes to the top. He gets pushed to off the top when he goes for his move. There's a point where he's lured to the outside by Edge, who then slides back in. Then Christian just grabs him and throws him into the no, into the barricade as well. Uh, there's a bit where Matt, despite not being, I don't know if Edge was the legal man, but he goes to try and beat Edge after a twist of fate. But then Christian sneaks up behind him. Yeah, prettier is all going there and then later the kill switch, but at this point he's not even got a name because, like, oh, face first goes Matt Hardy. Like, they yeah. don't even get a name, but he gets the uh, pins Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's been eliminated. There's a very loud boo. Yeah, a very loud boo because A, the Hardys have been eliminated, and B, they probably knew what was coming. 
because like there was a big high pitch because the Harry's do the thing they take their shirts off and then Jeff's family just in plain view of the ref had his shirt he just tried to choke Edge with it for a little bit as well yeah but yeah the Harry's running now it sounded too cool and and can I just say uh, during this period Grandmaster Sexy was great in ring <laughs> absolutely fucking great and the guy was buff man I put in here Grandmaster Sexy dance fights because he does a thing where he'll do a move or he's setting up for anything or do a wee dance as well yeah. like he went for his drop kick off the top and does his wee like his wee shimmy yeah his wee shimmy <laughs> so he's the one who gets worked over a little bit and then Edge and Christian do pull these mad faces they're going to do a double warm like they mm. can't do this can they and then what they do the WR and, bit, and then Scotty just comes in and just fucking just slams him down and then everybody, and then that's when they get to that big King Worm thing, and then everybody in Boston, and then the W-O-R. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> See, the fans wanted to go to win. Yeah. Christian, at first tries to hit him with a belt, then gets quickly set to the outside, and then he hit a, a finish with the, actually, Chris Harrison, James Stormwood make famous in the mid-2000s as well, the, the holding them in the position, yeah, yeah. and then the spine busting a leg drop. Good yeah. move, we sell it well, deliver yeah. it well. Yeah, and then... The referee tries to get Scotty out of the ring before he makes his pin. That's I swear to God, to when that happened, I was like, for fuck's sake. I was like, <coughs> this was the only match on the card that really fucking yeah. pissed me off. I was like, fuck's sake, just count the fucking pin. Mm-hmm. When does a referee ever care about the little guy being in the ring when he counts the pin? Count the fucking pin. Mm-hmm. And then that wee fucking rat comes in and smacks Grandmaster with the title. Uh-huh. And they can't win. And I swear, if my TV was closer, I would have punched it. Yeah. Also notice that Christian does that, slides around, because Scotty's getting it. So, notices there's a pin on the ground, so <laughs> goes in, and then Christian just puts both his arms and grabs his leg at the last possible minute. So as you, Christian, when they, they, this is the second oh, tag title reign that they all have. Uh, I don't know, onward for The only tag team title run that, that that version of Too Cool would have. Yeah. Scotty will go and be tied champs again in the future, but no, not for Grandmaster. No. No Grandmaster. No. That sucks. No. Uh, then there's a random, I don't remember this being on the, on the tape, a random like thing, it just goes about, to be a champion, to hold such a prestigious prize, or whatever it is. Yeah. WWF fully loaded. I don't know what that has to do with fully loaded, because this year's fully loaded in particular has a whole loaded dice casino gambling kind of theme for some reason. Yeah. Like, so this has no... I do, there's a no theme for that. And then Crash gets interviewed by, I think it's by Michael Cole, who said, like, hey, Crash, I mean, I mean how, how, how crazy is that you finally made it to the semi-finals of the King Ring? He gets all worked up and hybrid. Like, that's why I thought you said it. I was like, why is that so hard to believe I got in this far, Michael, huh? You know, I've always been an overachiever. I held that hardcore belt for a long time. Those dirty old men with their mascara and their dresses and their makeup. <laughs> They're going to get theirs. But Kurt Angle, tonight, he's a big, big, big troll, mister. Yeah. Elroy Jetson meets Scrappy Doo. Let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. But also, I've got to mention, I think I, I skipped over. But he's, a, he's, he's like a likable Trey Miguel. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a bit I skipped over, sorry, when Rikishi gets interviewed, he's all, he's got his thing wrapped, his arm wrapped up yeah. after the thing with Raven Wall. I think that's why they be characters so they could go to Rikishi's interview, but they asked him about like, Vettel and Val Venus, they're like, are you, you sure you're going to be able to you know, you know, work against Val Venus? Like, what I'm going through the, right now ain't going to be nothing compared to what I'm going to do to Val Venus. So it's a big man ready. You better believe it. Right. Right. Was that a catchphrase we tried to work in with him? Apparently so, because he did it earlier. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, and you're like, aye, right, cool. 
Should mention that tide match, by the way, went 14 minutes and 11 seconds. So, our semi-final match, our first semi-final match, Rikishi, Val Venus. Val Venus accompanied by the whore. Accompanied by Trish Stratus. But, so they go at it, the two of them, because obviously there's some heat going into the, the show, with, as we had the incident of Rikishi diving off the stage, don't Val, and Val trying to bash Rikishi's head in with a monitor and a yeah. steel chair quite viciously, I might add. I think it's a bit of a brawl, but you know it's a short one, and I, I feel like the story of like, Rikishi basically needs to end this early because you know he's hurt and he's been getting worse yeah, and worse yeah. as it goes on. Val tries to prove, like, look, I can actually wrestle. I'm going to work over this sore arm. Yeah, he he makes an effort in this match. Yes, well done, Val, for making an effort. Golf clap for Val Venus. Who knew you would become a pot-bellied weed-smoking bitch and end up? I know. And but, bald as well. Ha 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have no other comments to him being bald, but yes. Uh, yes. You're yeah. bald. Ha ha ha. He gets thrown in the steps, he gets his arms pulled along uh, the post, and he's like slammed into the yeah. side of it. He's just. Or kind of more. Cliche does the thing where he does the small drop, he does it kind of one hand of the way, he has to kind of just. Yeah, shift he, right he's up. selling the injury. Uh, and it's obvious too, because as you said, like throughout <laughs> the evening. That bruise has been getting redder and bigger, yeah, and more pronounced as the evening goes on. Yeah, he does a really good job of selling the injury. You know, does a punch, sell the arm. Someone drop doesn't immediately go up in because he's like, um, um, no, like, ah, yeah, bastard. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. what he does. He goes, right. <laughs> He's got to go, keep going on. He's got to do it for the people. <laughs> uh, He's not doing it for the rock this time. <laughs> uh, and he kind of works them over. He just try, tries to start his comeback. as a bit of a super kick, but Valen gets him back down on the mat. And then he goes to Job Rob. He's got to go for his money shot, but he takes too long to get up. And Rikishi gets back to his feet a bit dazed, but he's on his feet. And the camera just manages to get a close-up on Val as he notices that Rikishi is up going, Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he's up and he, he's like... Oh shit! And he does that whilst he's getting into the position for his money shot, even though he's not a porn star at this point. And then he still tries to dive. And even if like if Rikishi hadn't done what he ends up doing, what, what was your your yeah, plan? Yeah, what was what was what was your what what was your end game on that one? The mo- the move that I've referred to multiple times is the flying nothing. He just goes for it and he just dives at him with no no rhyme or reason. And so for that for the lack of he sees that he's up and just goes. I'll jump at you anyway. And then he quickly regrets that and he deserved to be fucked over because he immediately gets caught. Big belly to belly by Rikishi. One, yep. two, three. Three minutes, 15, that went. Big quiche wins. Mm-hmm. And then as he's celebrating, that little Skankasaurus jumps on his back. So he drops her. And then he's positioning her to... For the bottom side. For the bottom. And I really, really, really wish he'd hit it. I really do because, and I I will say this now quite seriously and quite honestly, as a wrestler, because I know it was a lot to do with the WWF creative at the time, Mm -hmm. as a wrestler Mm -hmm. and as a person, because I do not know the woman, I have absolutely nothing against Trish Stratus. I think she was actually a decent wrestler. She, uh... Apparently she's she's all into fitness and yoga. So yeah, she's, yeah, like she's totally legit. You got know. her own business and everything. Yeah, like that. no, she was one of the smart ones. Got out, yeah. ended up out of wrestling. She ended up keeping her cell going. Blah blah blah. But no, she was legit. 
she was good like Lita. Mm-hmm. She wasn't my favourite wrestler. Like I say, mine's my favourite of that time period was always people like Victoria. I like Victoria, you know. But the way her character was portrayed mm-hmm. always really rubbed me the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like, oh, look, there's tits. <laughs> she, she told stories about kind of WWE encouraging female wrestlers to get you know, implants, implants yeah. kind of thing. And she basically said, like, like the earliest opportunity I could, I think, pretty much as soon as she was down the the earliest opportunity she could, she got them removed because she said, like, they were doing... They, they, no, they doing fuck, damage they, to her. They fuck your, like, your back up because your posture is affected if you're... Well, quite right, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but that was all Vince, you know? Mm-hmm. Vince was, quite frankly, a mm-hmm. perverted old man. I mean... Putting it nicely, but yeah. Did, did you ever see Sable dressed? V- vaguely. Did you... Did you often see Merlina dressed? Mm. You know, Vince had his type. He he did, yeah. Bond and tits. That was his type. Bond and tits. And no, 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 no. You can't wrestle. Just be a whore. Mm. You know, I think that was one of the things that really, really bugged the fuck out of me about that. Era, especially, like, and I know I'm going on a tangent here, yeah, no, right? No, 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 I agree. But you look at women's wrestlers now, and the ones that personally yeah. I think are fucking legit, you know, like Shayna Baszler, fucking Rhea Ripley, Jordan Grace, you know, all these women that are mm-hmm. big horses, man. You know, even like Bailey, Dakota Kai, these women can fucking, these women can wrestle. I think Vince having his, his tight, especially blonde, I really feel bad for, for blonde who come in to WWE, like whether or not they can wrestle, but it just seems to be any blonde woman who comes in and gets a little bit of a push. There's a section of fans who go, "Oh, of course they are," because Vince loves blonde. Like, yeah, he likes yeah. of Alexa Bliss and Charlotte particularly got oh, marred, totally, got marred totally, with that. Totally, and both of them are fucking great workers, man. Yeah. Great wrestlers. Alexa, maybe she like in her own way is a little different to Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte's like really technical and can do a lot of shit. Yeah, well, it took a while for Alexa particularly yeah. to do that too because she came in from like a fitness and bodybuilding kind of thing. Yeah, she's well, been... Alexa's really good at the whole, you know, ground and pound kind of shit and she's good at the high flying too but I appreciate women's wrestling like so much more now because it's taking a lot more fucking legit. Yeah. Like, perfect example is, I think I said this on the show to you just off show. Yeah. I was watching the, the Judgment Day promo the other day. Yeah. I swear to Christ, Rhea should be the fucking leader of Judgment Day. <laughs> She's bigger than fucking Damien and fucking Finn, you know what I mean? Yeah. She should be the leader of Judgment Day because whenever you come out, when Judgment Day come out, yeah. you're not really focused on Damien Priest <laughs> or Wee Finn, you know? You're focused on that big scary butt. You seen that? There's a photo <coughs> piece with his big purple shirt and his his long. Yeah, and you see, it looks like it looks like Undertaker on a romance novel. Aye, and I see Rhea Ripley do the thing where Finn and, <laughs> and Finn and Damien are talking, and she's doing pull-ups on the back of this like bit in a locker room. Yeah, she's maybe taking the piss at the time that Rey Mysterio did, did the same thing, and the thing legit broke and he fell on his ass <laughs> like during a live TV show. You got Edge and Cena talking, and then that just happened about, and they just have to look at it and. Don't, like, don't laugh, don't laugh. Ha ha, you fell. Ha ha ha. You're the wee and you fell. But going back to AJ Trish, I do love the fact that basically I think it was a case of, okay, I'm, I imagine, this is how I imagine them putting this together goes, right, so she jumps on your back, you throw her over, you put her in the corner, and you give her a stink face. I gave her a stink face two weeks ago. Oh, what else can we do? Oh, I bet you threatened to, to crush the woman. Yeah, crush the woman. <laughs> do what Yoko did. I've seen all these kids of Yoko properly landed on jobbers that he didn't give a fuck about just. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he did. Have you ever seen his first match? Yes. When he 
killed that man. He, he killed men. He sat on him and broke him, and he even when he was fit, he weighed about five hundred fucking pounds. So that falling on you ain't fun. And then, I love how angry people are when Val comes into low blow. Uh, Rikishi to stop nah, him because people wanted Rikishi to jump on that you know? yeah it's like uh, boo how dare you not flatten this woman mm-hmm. and then Val does more damage because he the steps get thrown in he gets past the how, chair how by. dare you not help her remove those implants sooner <laughs> but Rikishi in the blow I thought he's arse on the way god damn it man <laughs> but uh so she passes the chair in, Val puts his arm across the sandwich between the steps and the chair. Yeah, and, and it gets worse. Mm-hmm. It's fucking all sorts of black and everything by the time the final comes around. Yeah, it's, it's quite... Yeah. It's kind of icky looking. It's quite icky looking. So Val then leaves... It's such a childish little word, that. And then... It's icky. In comes... Let me get a backstage promo with Gerald Briscoe being interviewed by the coach. Like, you know, Gerald Briscoe, you gave a chance to, you know, regain your hardcore title, but he starts, he can't see it without laughing. The coach snickering at him. He's like, you have to do it in the first hardcore <laughs> evening. And then <laughs> Briscoe's just, also the point where he kind of stops and like says it's so because he notices the mid-sentence that Gerald Briscoe is just staring daggers right through him. Yeah. And probably could kick his ass even in his 50s. Like, you think that's funny, coach? You think it's funny I had to go in front of all these people in a dress? I'll tell you. Oh, so the emotion I feel, the only emotion I have is the emotion of revenge. Well, Gerald, the emotion really isn't a revenge, isn't really an emotion. Shut up! <laughs> that pet person stole my hawker top, and I'm gonna get it back one more time. And then. Like, do you realize you're gonna basically be Hank Hill in a dress? And. And the. And he sp- sounds like Hank Hill. The, the stagehand comes in with a face as if to say, you got you drew this torture, who will give that legit. Amateur wrestler guy just dressed that he has to put on. Yeah, and he's like, oh, Mr. Briscoe, would you like the, the silk panties or the crotchless panties? <laughs> and Gerald, which Gerald Oller finds utterly amusing on commentary. And Gerald just grabs the rest and basically fucks off. I, I wouldn't find it amusing to know which ones he picked. That would I, scar me for existence. Look at pants. Look at the man what pants they were like. That's not maybe part of the even game. Like as long as they're wearing the dress, they fulfilled the stipulation of the match. Yeah, what you, you think about. You don't need to be wearing panties and. Oh my god, I don't, I can't remember if this match came right after that whole segment, but oh my. No, no, we've got one more match, good. sandwich in between. The only goodness that came from that match was Crash winning the title back. Everything else that came from it was painful and mildly vomit inducing. Well, we got Crash up against uh, Kurt Angle. <laughs> Poor Crash. And this is where we had that bit earlier on we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, the, argument, the argument between like. Well, I think that was Wizard of Oz of Judy Garland. What the hell does that guy do with this damn match anyway? <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. You keep bringing it up. <laughs> and then when Crash is like, oh, look right now. The heel of the slipper broke. Crash is just turned into a pumpkin. <laughs> you can to, tell. To Crash's credit, during this match, he does try. Yeah. I mean, Kurt gives him a look. You can tell he's walking down the ramp and sees Crash and Ryan. If he can tell this is going to be a neat, he believes it's going to be an easy win for him. And like, he does his be amateur like take down on Crash, and then Crash gets a bit where he gets a couple of like a slam on or a yeah. drop kick in there, and then Kurt basically has a moment where he's like, "All right, now, now, man, now, now, just throws him in the corner, stops putting bits." Now, to now you've had a shot. Now I'm going to teach you how to wrestle. Like, stop doing that. I have to win. I'm an American hero. Stop trying, you dick. Yes. Just come on, you, you, you don't even have a name tag. Come on, just, just lie down, son. You know, you're not even four hundred pounds. Well, I'm just like that. Just 
Come on, why don't you just add that? <laughs> it's, only, it's good to share your format, by the way, and still the crowd briefly aren't because I noticed a big thing of all the people standing up like meerkats and looking in the one direction where I can only assume somebody's been like kicked out for by security for some reason because there's only there's one of only two reasons why that maybe happens. they had a questionable sign maybe or maybe they maybe I, they were drunk or had their business out I don't know maybe I believe that more than they had a questionable sign have you seen some of the ships that <laughs> ah yeah that wasn't until nowadays when yeah. someone's thrown out for a questionable sign like maybe that. Maybe where WW has a questionable F at the end. Or there was that guy who, people who I heard got kicked off uh, off the Thunderdome thing because they put up a picture of Chris Benoit up on the screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That silly cunt. I know. Why the fuck would you do a thing like that? Yeah. Like, what does it, I mean... Nah, I won't because mm-hmm. I've gone to a rant, but mm. it's retarded anyway. And so everybody's looking away, and then they focus back on the, the match. Crash gets a drop kick off the no, no That's around about the time where JR suddenly says, "Oh, there's a match going." I'm like, "Stop! Stop distracting me!" <laughs> it's like it's like me to you. Whenever you say something nasty, I repeat, I respond to, it and that leads to a tangent. I'm like, "We're supposed to be talking about this thing, damn it!" Yeah. <laughs> but then, because yeah. uh, I'm Vince McMahon, damn it! <laughs> but then Crash gets suddenly caught with the Olympic slam. One, two, three, poor crash. The Cinderella story is unfortunately over. Which then yeah. leads us to, it's going to lead us to our final look though. And then we champion, Ricky Shea, gets quick to up and comer. You know, he's already done so much in like six and six or seven months in the company. Like, he's already been the Euro Continental champion as big current. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, big final set up. I think you could do worse finals than this for these two, given this period of time, how yeah, they're being positioned it, like, in the company. Rikishi was high enough up, Angle was becoming yeah. legit. But, I mean, how far removed was this uh, King of the Ring from when Angle was choked out by Taz? Well, that was in the rum- at the Rumble, and then... So that was a couple of months, or a yeah. month or so. Because when the King of the Ring used to be a legit yeah. pay-per-view, how did, how did it go? It went Rumble, and then... Mania, and then... King of the Ring and SummerSlam, sorry, when it was when it was just four, but now it's like yeah, you have like all these beef interviews in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all all the all the ones that were in your houses that became yeah their own show because that's how how it ended up, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, like Judgment Day and think, Bad Blood and I think it really shows that they have at this timeline the only two that we'll see in two thousand that weren't born out of in your houses are probably like your No Mercies or. Uh, Armageddon, technically backlash. I think there's like an old old. A cover. backlash was in your house. No, I think I actually think they switched it. Before, they stopped doing it in your house before backlash, but then they but that was but they already did a poster with in your house on it before they made the decision. I'm reasonably sure after we've done our show. I'm telling you, Saint Valentine's Day massacre is the last in your house. Well, I'm reasonably sure I have. It might say it on it, but from what I've seen, it's not credited as an in your house. Because they made the promotion for within your house on it, but then changed their mind and said, we're not doing your houses anymore. It's just... It's just what it is. It's just a pay-per-view. Okay, well, maybe my tapes are rare then, because they say, like, the actual tapes is better in your house. I'm trying to get this, because you and I do it in your house series, and I'm not reviewing Backlash if I don't have to. <laughs> I could try to get yourself out of it. No, I'm not trying to get myself out of it. I just don't want to include a show and then have people say to me, what are you doing that show? That's not in your house, because I know this thing, like... I know. You, you don't need the marks having a go at you. Yes. Yeah. You hear about marks, you cunts? Hey, marks make up a, a 
portion. I don't know how big a portion of our wrestling or estate audience. Okay, well, you're only kind of cunts then. You're cool. You're cool cunts. Some of you. Some of you. Nah. <laughs> hey, why were we talking about pay-per-views and everything? We're talking about Kurt Angle and Rikishi. Yeah, go on, go on. We're... Anyway, we'll, we'll, move, we'll move on. We've got a couple of here. random bits in a row here where we get a flashback. Well, no flashback, but uh, we get a replay of... We get some footage from an MSG house show from the previous night yeah. where Donald Trump is awkwardly just showing yeah. in the front row. With Donald? Yes, it's, it's your little call. Let's say he showed wrestler in the ring, Donald Trump. Wrestler, Donald, wrestler, Donald, everything. And then you have Jerry Lawler, hey, Donald, what brings you here? Yeah, well, I, know, I know you're, apart from being here to see me, <laughs> who else are you here to see? He's like, well, King, I think I'm here to see The Rock. Uh, I think he just, I, I bet he didn't even care. He didn't have a favorite wrestler. He just said, like, I like The Rock. Yeah. What one do I know? Yeah, The Rock. Like, He's like, well, I'm a good friend of Vince McMahon. Well, we're finding that out now with yeah, that with alleged five million, million they gave you. But I still believe he may end up being president again. Well, we get a weird bit with from Jerry Lawler. He shouldn't run for president. He should run for king of New York. Like he shouldn't run for either position, Jerry. Well, I'm honest. Well, old sleepy Joe. I don't think either are the best options to be honest with you, but. I don't what, the, what the hell else have we got? I don't care because I don't. <laughs> I don't care because I don't live there. We have got enough shit options over here at the minute. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, but we don't want this to become a political thing. No, we don't. Cider, yay! And yay. wrestling, yay! Politics, and then Kane, no. Kane, hey, but also he's a politician now. He's a, he's a governor. Mayor. Oh, mayor. Oh, it was Arnie that was the governor. Hey, Jesse Ventura used to be a governor, and all. So did, um, have you seen Predator? No. Oh, oh. I know he's in it, yeah. Well, no, well, he is in it, but Sonny Landham, who played the big the big guy in it, uh, he, famous actor from that time period, he was a governor, too. No, Karen Cross apparently does this very, I've heard it, it's a spot-on Jesse Ventura impression, Karen Cross does. Yeah, uh, I love to hear it. <laughs> we, we need to look up after yeah. we're done. But... So Kane's backstage on Kane, you and a really timid Michael Cole's looking at me like, oh, you have a chance to be the director of in the six man tie where you have to deal with you know, your brother and the rock. Kane's looking as if see you're gonna make me cut a promo through this fucking mask for the umpteenth time, you motherfucker, I could kill you. And Kane says, Fuck the rock. I'm gonna keep doing this until people force me to stop. <laughs> I wouldn't, I find it amusing. Don't understand. It's always been about one thing. Maybe becoming WWF champion. But that would happen until you take off your mask and go bald, Kane. I wonder how happy Kate Glenn Jacobs was when they told him they were giving on that mask that had the mouth hole in it. Like, yes, I can finally breathe in this fucking thing. Hurrah! Because you can hear the way he's breathing under there when he's doing it. Oh, yeah, he's probably got a very moist yeah. face. And he also said he enjoyed, one thing he enjoyed about taking the mask off and when he was cutting his hair anyway because, like, He'd say, like, more than not, he'd be all sweating, also bits of his hair would get caught up in the mask as he was yeah. trying to take it off. And then it cuts to old fucking job at King of the Hell, buddy, Undertaker, being interviewed by the coach, being like, we just heard what your brother had to say, your response, well, don't take a brain surgeon to figure out King want to be the WF champion. In fact, King not much of a brain surgeon himself. <laughs> well, the only one man can walk out the champion, I didn't go to Boston to lose. I'll get away from my back, boy. Aye. Aye. And now, good old Baker Texan Undertaker. Good thing we got side of us because up next, 
the hardcore evening gown match. Oh, Christ. <laughs> God save us. Well, weirdly, a video package is better than it fucking shouldn't be. But yeah. the thing of, like, shows Briscoe being on uh, Crash on Raw, then the bit with him, Mike Kyoda and Patterson all, all celebrating. Like, Do you love me? Do you love me? I love you, man. And then, and then that classic and kind of weird and kind of creepy scene when mm. Briscoe, no, Patterson, yeah. twats him with a fucking champagne bottle and doesn't, doesn't, he pins him in a very questionable way. <laughs> like, oh, you burn my, what do you mean I burnt you? I don't. Like, right. I love how you even shout barking over the referee, raise my hand, raise my hand, I'm the champion. I'm the raise champion. my horn, I just twatted my pal with a champagne bottle and then pseudo shagged him to win a crappy belt. Yay. And then, and then they have these weird Terminator wrestling, like Target, fucking Pat Patterson there. The yeah. Link, and then just, and then, and then that, they show it all, seeing how fucking uh, Patterson, and no, Briscoe walking about going, Percy, where are you? God damn it all on my goddamn hardcore title back. We're all fine, you. They really recap a lot of the details of this week. It's only it's mainly been going on through Ron's Smackdown of this week. But they, I love how they leave out the fact that Jerry got one of his rants one of his rants when like just think it's up to say he goes, Where's that no good French Beth? I'm gonna scalp in the they they chose to leave that out of the video. Yeah, package. yeah, yeah. He probably thought it was best to leave that one out. Uh and you go the bit where Pingo, I know where Parison is right now. And then you got Kyoto laughing like, that eh, Parison stole my bill, I'm going to get back. <laughs> I, I never liked it when they did that, you know. Mm. I didn't like when they fleshed out Finkel. Yeah. I like, Howard had, Howard had reverence. Howard was Howard. So you're, was, like, you're like hearing his regular Howard voice rather than his announcing voice. No, I like hearing his announcing voice. Yeah. I like... Howard being the one that goes, and it's now time for the Royal Rumble, and you're like, yeah, Howard, man, you roll. So then they have the thing. Screw like, that, Lillian Garcia and her goddamn crap. She's not you. Like you go, then you go like, like you told me, you, you told me. It's the big thing, and then love the big. And it shows a bit with uh, with Vince showing up, like, what is the meaning of all this? And I love how and Vince going, what the fuck are you two up to? It's like, I thought of it when we did this match, and I love it as a same to everyone. Like, I'll see you Sunday. We're a nice dress, Briscoe. You too, Patterson. Oh, sorry, Mr. Rackman. <laughs> <laughs> and then it comes. It <laughs> comes Sarah Briscoe to Hulk Hogan's music in this black dress with a shitty black wig and a 2 by 4 going, Arr! It, you know, I've got to say, didn't he look impressed? And I love. Uh, Have you? Do you know any uh, any behind the scenes knowledge on that? Was he? Was he? Was he happy with this? No, no. I think I covered this on the SmackDown. But like, it was a case of Vince came up with the idea. He thought it was funny when the writers were trying to pitch him an evening game between Christian Lee and Lita. Like, like, no, no, it'll be funnier. Old men in drag, basically. <laughs> and then it was a case of who's going to tell Briscoe about this. Whereas Patterson was all happy to do it. And I think they're. Talk- I wonder why. Look at their outfits. Their outfits reflect how into this they were. Aye. Briscoe's looks shit, whereas Patterson looks like he's he's done this before. He does this in his downtime. Jerry keeps calling Jerry Briscoe Harlick. Why don't you shave her armpits? He does his thing. Oh, no, she didn't. I look at... This mate sounds harsh. I looked at Jerry Briscoe, I thought, Jesus, he looks like fucking China's nan. Didn't he? He does. He looked like China's nan. <laughs> No, no, those uh, gender swap filters you get on like when you go like, with someone like a different gender. Yeah. If you took that to Dusty Rhodes and to see what you look like as an ugly woman, 
That's what you'd get. That's what Pat Patterson's drag looks like. Yeah, I feel bad for Patterson. <laughs> I wouldn't he was enjoying his way too much. Oh no, I feel bad for Briscoe. Yeah, I feel bad for Briscoe. Don't feel bad for Patterson because he's a weird, fat old man in a dress. JR makes some not so veiled jokes about Patterson being being gay, going like, I heard heard he's dressing room doubles as a closet. (laughs) (laughs) And then he comes down, this weird stripper style music, coming with a big. with a big shopping chart full of like weird like bits of toilet paper yeah, and a toilet teddy bear. Paper and t- well, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he goes like, he, he, t- he has a goal to take the piss out of what Briscoe's wearing. Like, look at, look at you. What the hell are you wearing? And he tries to, he, he kisses Finkel against Finkel's belly. Like, no. Yeah, he kisses him in the head and Finkel's like, for fuck's sake, Patterson, are you waiting for an opportunity, you fucking pervert? <laughs> and he... But no, when when if you don't mind if if I take this one, they get in, <laughs> and they spend the majority of the match rolling about on the floor, occasionally softly hitting each other, and then they rip off each other's dresses, and then there's a bin, and then they get distracted, and then we crash runs out and twats fuck out of both of them, pins Briscoe. Wins back his fucking hardcore title and thank fuck the title's on a wrestler and not a fucking idiot. And then, oh, good. I'm, it's a good thing I'm rolling a cigarette for this particular part. Uh, but, he, well, you know, we'd ripped each other's dresses off and he was like fucking Briscoe was all full of padding in his bra and god. And then. Someone, the t- someone has a sign that says Briscoe and Parson are the real TNA. Oh, god. <laughs> But no, fucking Briscoe's walking back out doing the ramp and then Patterson jumps him. Hmm. And then we get the most god-awful fucking scene of two smelly, fat old men rolling about in the rampway in their pants. Oh, should I say, in their silky knickers. And you're like, I swear to God, I was like, for fuck's sake, well, why don't you shut your goddamn legs? What was funny is, I don't know if you noticed it, oh. Briscoe had like, these weird heels all when he came out, right? Patterson, big clothes up, he's getting the apron, he's got fucking sneakers on. He's got like proper shoes on. Mm. He's like, he's, he's into it, but he didn't take it that far. I'm assuming he, he, I'd like to think he told Briscoe, oh, we need to wear the heels as well. And then didn't, then just went and snuck away and put actual shoes oh, on. most likely. He's like, oh, look at you, wearing the heels you'd have to. Most likely. So he gets in the ring, you know, we used to be friends, so. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna lay down. Oh no! <laughs> You're gonna get on top of me, Terry Long. I'm gonna go. Oh god! <laughs> and you can pin me one, two, three. I will hand you the belt, and then immediately kicks Driscoll in the balls, and that's yeah. <laughs> And uh, Jer- Mike Gr has some comments. First off, he says, "What has our business turned into?" Yeah, what have we become? And he even I, couldn't, I can't remember who he said he was going, but he's like, "This ain't wrestling." <laughs> And Jerry Lawler's just pissing himself laughing. He's probably sitting there going, <laughs> he's like, I'm glad that's not me, ha ha ha. He's pissing himself laughing. And then, I think it's the point where Pat Patterson brings out a sanitary towel, we'll I think it's referred to on the commentary. I think it's at that point where this attitude occurred to her, willing to laugh or sometimes put up with most things. 
That's where they lose them. That's yeah. where everyone just goes silent. And yeah, those who aren't he... silent chant boring. Yeah, when he brings a funny pad out. Basically, he just... Let's, that's, just, that's, let's that's, go just full Scottish on that that's one. Where, Pulls out a fanny pad to hit him in the face with. That's where the crowd basically like, you know what? This is a, bit, this is a step too far. This is never us. Unless he's when the fucking drugs wear off and the crowd go, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? Like, like, I, there are a lot of moments throughout the attitude there that are no looking... Some, many people looking back with modern eyes maybe look at it like, oh, that was a bit questionable. Like, And there are people who will defend those things. But... I don't think even the most hardcore of Attitude Era fans, they're, they're very, you can count on one hand, the many things even the most hardcore of Attitude Era fans won't defend. And I think this match is oh, one of them. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I have not heard a positive thing outside of Vince McMahon's <sighs> obviously thoughts on this. Because you know Vince is watching this backstage going, ha, 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 this is good shit, pal. Isn't it good that he doesn't run shit anymore? Maybe. It's been, I mean, from what I hear, and I'm sorry to go off on yeah. a small ramble here, I know this is not a rambling show, but I will. I will do it anyway. I heard tell that last week's last Monday's Monday Night Raw mm-hmm. beat Better Call Better Call Saul in the ratings. Yeah, that was a uh, week there. Like all three hours of Raw were on their own. That's like the top three highest things yeah. you can see for that night. Under Triple H's fucking stewardship, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened under old Mister fucking forgets he fucking done it already. Fucking <laughs> leadership. But then, like you said, Crash Mercifully, like. One of the biggest, I think, I think The Rock coming out, the top three pops of the night are, in no particular, are The Rock, either both coming out and winning the title. Yeah. Scotty Too Hot, you're going for the worm. Yeah. And Crash coming out here. So it's like, yes, Crash, save us. Save us, for fuck's sake, do something good. Three minutes, seven seconds, this way, and I agree. Really? It seemed longer. <laughs> I, I had memories of this going longer. I remember, maybe because I was a kid, I just, I just laughed at this when I was young, and then I remember watching like, it's not funny for the right reasons. The older, the older you got, you the more you cringe. You're I'm like, like, ah, like, it's kind God. of funny, but not for the reasons it should be. And then, I I will sum this match up with JR's comments as soon as Crash buggered off. He went, mercifully, this match is over. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that when I watched it. He was like, mercifully, this match is over. <laughs> uh, and you can hear the tone in his voice. He was like, for God's sake, Vince, you came up with that. JR, the older he got, the harder it was when he saw something he didn't like, the harder for it was for him to, to disguise hide it and try and sell Like I'm not fucking selling this shit. JR, I think what, nearly in these 10 year old W was just sitting there going, for fuck's sake, Vince. Uh, I'm too old for this shit. Too old for this pish. What are you doing now? You're yeah. making me comment on this pish, come on. So we cut backstage then to the Dudleys, Bubbery spray painting the word Tory. On your tail, like, I got her name all over this one, brother. Yeah, and fucking D1 doing the testify. And I like the video package for this as well. This is like recapping everything that's happened since Judgment Day between yeah. these two teams. Because we're feuding the Hidden Judgment Day because it was a case of like, they had the Rock before the Ontario King came back, the Rock going up against the, the regime. The regime and, and you had basically a group of baby faces all in the Rock, rallying together. You had the Rock, you had Big Show, Jericho, and then the Dudleys. You can add Rikishi in there as well, and two girls. So you had all them kind of. You had all them together, and so that led into the magic dungeon. And then Bubba, because she's a woman, must must put women through table. Yes. That's how he's programmed. So, and then basically the whole story is like he's obsessed with it because basically the longer he tries to put her through the table when she is not being put through the table, the more he obsesses over her. Like, at that point where he's put through the table by her. And the, the poor mic doesn't show the fact that Shory dies off the table and Bubba, the table bends a bit. It falls over, 
Then she gets back up and does it again, then it breaks. Yeah, the raw package don't show that. And they then, just they just showed the secondary part where X Pac basically threw her through the fucking table. Aye, give you a bit of this instead. He's like, you don't weigh nothing, Tori. We need to help you. A little <laughs> bit like Bubba's stuck in a trance because he's like fixated on like, Bubba. Snap out of it! I promise you, Tori. will know our name, and we will testify. Yeah, uh, I love that yeah. shit. And, and then, I, I wish it. I wish to God I'd have watched more of it during the time <laughs> period of Latin. Fucking Deacon Batista. Oh, we'll get to that eventually. I look forward to yeah. that because I haven't. I've never actually took any time to watch Deacon Batista era. I watched a, a Reverend D one match. It was on Rebellion or two. He wasn't with Deacon Batista at that point. He was randomly teaming with Ron Simmons of all people. Yeah, I can't remember who they were fighting, but he had. He seems on with oh Testify. Now it was a big gospel song. He's called my name. <laughs> Something do you know, like that. Do you know honestly? If we're talking to the Dudleys. Uh huh. Do you know what my favourite moment of Dudley's, Dudley's whole tenure was? What? Survivor Series 02. I think you mentioned this to me. In that that is honestly one of my favourite bits because he's out. Like, Bubba's getting a bit of hassle going on with three minute warning and mm-hmm. fucking Rico, and then fucking D1 comes running out, and the two of them just look at each other and they're like, oh. <clears throat> You're like, yes, I'm fucking Dudley's, man. So I was like, <laughs> so, this guy never noticed before. So the the dump store is in the middle of the aisleway. So then DX then push it closer to the ring because it's easier yeah. for the spots in the match. And might also say, as much as it pains me to say, I absolutely fucking loved that era DX song. And that run the DMC. Well, that was absolutely. Like, King of Rock, who? And you're like, yes! <laughs> if only it wasn't the remnants of the team. But, like, there's a point where it take, their engine takes a wee bit longer because you can tell between the three of them they're struggling to push this down. So, to the point where Xbox ends up going in front, pulling it while the other two <laughs> push it. Like, they're having some. To me, t- to you, <laughs> to me, to you. And then, oh, well, actually, convoluted as it may seem, mostly, oh, they need to put those two through the dumpster, but then they need to put the other three members of this team through the table to win it. I love this match. It's for for all oh, of us. Yeah, so. yeah, it was a great match. I mean, the result, the the finish, the the winners. I was like, damn you, evil remnants of DX. But the finish of the match, was just tasty, man. Like, and fucking sorry, to cut you off. Absolute props to Tori for taking that Wales top. Mm, like, props to her. I was confused at first. Like you're starting off as a traditional like. To like tag mad like people are tagging in and out and all that shit like mm. going lads I mean you can't really end by people like what, what's the worst that happens if somebody comes in they're not tagged the referee's not hardly going to fucking DQ you because yeah. it's a tables dumpster match uh, but they have Devon getting isolated there's a bit where they put his head through the ropes from the dumpster and then they fucking start slamming his head into the dumpster and then in comes a bubble with a hot tag big bubble bomb the sidewalk that, that kind of stiff looking bit when mm. he had his head through a rope and fucking, I think it was X-Pop that booted him in the uh, head I watched that bit and I was like, ugh. Like, outside of like, the bits with the table and when she tries to hide from the dumpster, the only other memorable spot I can find for Tori is like when they do the what's up bit to her and Devon leaves his head there a bit too long. Yeah. You got oh, D- I know, oh, I know. You got Bubba doing the, the V thing and taking his thumbs through it to the audience as well. I know, and you were like, I seen that at that point and I was like, even I was going, does that know a wee bit long you've been doing there, Devon? Yeah. Come on. Oh, you're going you're gonna to get knocked out for the fucking golf. come on. Come on, Devon, up, up for there, pal, come on, up you come. Oh. But, like, my point is about that. That's, that's how you get knocked out when he landed, you farted and done. 
You know, he was it. So the reason I'm I'm talking about it is because like that's only but after just that like as well as she's on the outside also and then like her distracting the referee is what causes also DX to have that false reference they thought they think they won they have not but like up to that point like I can't even figure out when in the match she might have hurt herself mm. so because because from that point onwards every time you see Tori she's holding on to that shoulder no nah, it looks legit I mean what did, what did you think that spot when they put fucking road dog through the two tables and that oh, was pretty that was stiff as fuck man it, feels, it felt like the whole thing the whole point of it was that the first table kind of helped Cause like you go properly through the first table and then kind of floor through the second table. So like, but Bubba it, did did put a lot of stank on it, you know. Yeah, they do a thing where before that, where the Xbox and Road side fuck it, where they just abandon Tony, they order off the ramp, and then Dudley start bringing them back, and then the DX turn it around because they they do the Irish up, they send the Dudleys into the back of the dumpster, yeah, and then they show you the side doors and make sure Jillar mentions that you can go through those doors, but. That that basically says there's two ways of going in and out of the dumpster, which sets up the spot that about to come because they yeah, throw yeah, them into yeah. the dumpster and they're like, "Hey, ref, ref, pay attention," because he's outside with Tory, and then you see the dumpster they just slide. We mean like those the classic referees that didn't see the fucking nefarious shit going on when they took a cool lost their damn tag belts. He's like, you go to the side and then like, listen, like, and then all Xbox are like, "Oh, it's just like they're now in." They're like, "Where have they gone?" Turn around. And DS get properly fucking clattered in the chairs. Aye. Mm. That was some stiff ass shit, look. Like. And then Diva, uh, Road Dog gets the thick between the two deals. Xbox comes in with a spin gate, like, fuck, I'm gonna put one of you, see how you use like it. But then they get, it gets reversed. Diva suplexes them through the table. Yeah. And the Dory has that moment of, she's like, oh, God, like, now, and was like, now it's your turn. Yeah, and he gets hella creepy at this point, man. And then she decides, I don't know what I'm going to do. So her best course of action is basically, hide in the dumpster. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, wasn't, was it a bit when he was like all grabbing her by the face and flicking his tongue at her? I think it was post-match, but yeah, yeah. he's got tongue like, like fucking venom. <laughs> Aye, but she, like you say, she goes and hides in the dumpster. And then it all goes to shit for the Dudleys and, you know, DX end up getting the win. Nine minutes, 45, the official match after they get hit in the yeah. head with the toe. So, like, again, I don't know the whole thing post-match is to put Tory to the table and say, like, well, this is, this wasn't about winning for the Dudleys. They won it. I put Tory to the table and they did it. But, like, this version of DX, I don't know how, how they knew, how they knew, if they knew or not at this point, but by the summer, they're, they're fucked. They're gone. They're both separate ways. Road Dog and Xbox. Yeah. By the summer, DX is pretty much done. DX is a the DX in name only, really. So, like, what harm would it really be to have the Dudleys win that get, match? Get, get towards the deal and win the match? But I think the way they did it, though, is I think the point is, like, well, they put them through the table, right? They, but they lost track of Tory, so they're all celebrating, and then suddenly they don't realise, like, no, you've did now just trapped Tory in a dumpster with the Dudleys, and now they've got Tory where they. Yeah, they weren't like, weren't um weren't the you know the remnants of DX at that point yeah. were they not still kind of very very loosely associated with yeah trips? yeah yeah on the, on TV like post this release does his own thing there they have their own thing Tory's gone after this after this paper this is Tory's last real appearance after this what in the dub in the dub eh? wow so when he goes up he's injured he appears as a masked assassin for Raven. But they don't tell you that it's Tori. They have a who's this mystery woman, and they never got a chance to properly unveil like, that it was. Yeah, her. yeah. I don't know if that was ever even the plan to reveal it as Tori, but you know, that was a case. Like she, that was her proper experience as Tori. But yeah. So they, they I love the Xbox. Everybody, yeah, we won because they run. 
where the fuck story? Where the fuck? And then they see as they're walking up to the screen like, oh, she's... And Daryl Oz tries to shout to him, no, she's in the ring. She's with the Dudleys. <laughs> and then they go back to save her, but no, they both get 3Ds for their trouble. They really? get out the table, especially with her name on it. And I think it was a case of, I mentioned this to you, Welfare, where it seems like she, there's kind of a bit of a communication going on between her and Dave as he's about to lift her up to Bubba to try yeah. to keep her. And Bubba basically, it's mostly his arse that goes uh, through. Mostly, but you know what, like I say, props to Tori for taking that, even though she was obviously hurt. And, and pretty much, it's a case of like, okay, we'll do this, but people will pop anyway, but we'll make sure mm-hmm. try and protect Tori as much as because possible. Say what you will, right? I it was mostly did it, uh, Bubba's ass that went through the fucking table, right? Mm-hmm. But she took a fucking tap turnbuckle, you know, power bomb, mm-hmm. and regardless of whether she went through the table or no, she still took it, and she was injured. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So fucking props to Tori, mm-hmm. and you know she was the only member of that particular time period of DX that I thought looked cool. Well, yeah. I liked the little sort of like DX boob tube thing. I thought it was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, look at you and your little DX top. Hey, well done. And then we go into uh, and the next match. Uh, we got an interview with Crown. We're like, I have to win the King of the Ring. And like, he's still oh, going it's on. True. It's true. It's true. He's still going on about beating Triple H for the title next month because that's still the idea at least to him, because I remember he had that bit with Stephanie on SmackDown. I can't wait to win King of the Ring and go on and beat your husband for the title. So long. <laughs> and then he goes, No, Kishi's great and all, if you like dancing. And rubbing your butt in people's faces. Pardon my French. <laughs> <laughs> and then, pardon the pun. And then he goes to uh, Kishi, like, Well, Captain America don't realize all the weeds in the world ain't gonna help when this ass back, so. Rah. <laughs> Rah. And then, they say, oh, we need, we need some we need some home circumstances to go into this thing. So what should we do? Oh, I know. Let's just replay the King of the Ring part of the video package again. And the, yeah. Which makes it awkward, though. Eight men on the road of Super I'm like, not eight men anymore. It's no. just now. Six of them are gone. So then it starts on the entrance where Kirk runs it. Rikishi, who meets him there, starts fucking doing the punches and all that. <laughs> He should go to the back that house up, but Angle manages to get a low blow, but in a way the referee doesn't quite see it. Yeah. But you can tell there's been a low blow, but he's trying to get away, get away from the stinking face. Uh, and Angle obviously goes after the arm as well. He's no, no trying to go after the Angle. The ankle lock isn't quite a thing just yet for, for Kurt Angle. At yeah, point. it was still the Angle slam. Yes, or the Olympic slam even. Well, well yeah, the Olympic slam, because in his early, you know, post, well, pre-bold mm-hmm. tenure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It was a lot like it could still move then. It was a lot like it was a lot like Stone Cold before the neck injury. You know what I mean? And Kurt, did Kurt Angle not come into the WWF with a neck injury or with a weakened neck? No, well he already broke his neck during the Olympics. Like, yeah, he says like he won a, a match towards the end of, end of the 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 series of matches he had to go through to win the King Ring. Apparently, like he could have shifted his neck in a way that would have saved him, but he would have lost a point. Basically, he was a case of not losing points in the in the in the match. So is that like, it, my Christ, that guy's legit tough, man. Yeah, no, so he ended up he still won the match and went on to the final to win that gold medal. But yeah, I think during the course of his career, he'd have aggravated neck injuries, which would also lead to a number of issues personally with painkillers and all that stuff. Well, it's, yeah, but you know, we can't we can't even remotely judge because there's mm-hmm. been so many superstars over the years that have. Unfortunately, going down that road. Yeah. You know? 
and through no fault of their own, you know what I mean? You get a niggle here, you get a bit hurt here, you start, you know, trying to deal with it, and it becomes a problem in itself. A wee, an interesting bit from Rikishi here, he does a, a running kind of version of a diamond cutter, he grabs, Carter does a cutter, but JR, Mr. knows all the moves, went, oh, a netbreaker there from Rikishi, like, no, it fucking wasn't. <laughs> I thought it was an interesting thing, him pulling out that move. Some one drop again. Uh, he finally manages to get Kurt in position enough for a stink face. Like, oh no, that's the Olympic here, you can't rub your butt in his face. <laughs> and then what I love about this, Kurt's first two matches, wins with the Olympic Slam. So then sets up this match, hits the Olympic Slam, everyone's like, oh fuck, that's it, he's won his last two with it. Oh no, Rikishi kicked out. Mm. Nice little story about there. And then Rikishi... Uh, Angle goes for a sense of flip, because she just, nah, sits, sits right down on Angle. <laughs> Everyone thinks that's going to be it, but no, Angle kicks out. And then, I don't know what you thought about this as a, as a finish, Rikishi goes to the top, Angle meets him up there, and hits a, a belly-to-belly suplex off the top. I think Rikishi lands on the side that he's injured on. Yeah. Kurt manages to roll over, gets the pin for the, for the win, and Kurt becomes the 2000 king of the ring. And rightly so. Nothing against Rikishi, but yeah. I think the right man won that one. It was an interesting way to finish it, just like, I think it was a case of like showing Angle train like he managed to just send this big man flying off the, yeah. off the top. And then just, well, come on, he was legit fucking strong. Eh? Yeah. Legit strong. That's all I got a point earlier on the match before the finish where Rikishi does like it's after someone drop, but he can't, he can't even, even hit like, just holding onto the arm, just, he's just lying across yeah. the thing, so I was like, that's not good enough to, to, to get that one. It. Yeah, you don't, you don't proper pin, you ain't going to get low in. They say that, oh, Kurt Angle will be officially coronated tomorrow night on Raw, but what do you think? I think this is the first proper case, well, actually, I think the previous year's case may have been it, but the idea, like, this is one of the first case rings to, you know, they don't, they've done away with, you know, the big throne and crown and everything, like, you don't get their big coronation on the King of the Ring yeah. pay-per-view. What do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a little weirded by it because, I mean... You know, if you want to do a King of the Ring, you do a King of the Ring properly. Mm-hmm. You know? Everyone else was crowned. Yeah. Why can't King Kurt be crowned? And, uh, and Kurt goes off his cell, like, yeah, I did it, I'm the King of the Ring. So he, Kurt's happy with it, obviously, I'm happy, I don't mind him being King of the Ring. I was like, it's been st- it's, the King of the Ring should be to set up somebody you have major plans for, and they clearly do. So you... With Kurt. You weren't mildly upset that we didn't get King Crash? <laughs> no, 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 I was not upset. I, I, even as a kid, I, I had a feeling that King Crash wasn't going to become a reality, but do you know who was upset about the way this match went down? Who? Rikishi. Why? Rikishi was apparently like, very upset. Rikishi was apparently in real life real upset that the match didn't, that he didn't win King of the Ring. Why? He, he was like, oh, you you know, you've made me the Aircrowned Champion, and now you had me as an Aircrowned Champion, got all the way to final, only to lose, like, no, that's not a good look for your Intercontinental Champion, basically. <laughs> He's like, I mean, obviously, him as a champion look weak, but... Yeah. Him's the bricks. Him's the bricks, Keish, man. Mm. You just have to deal with it, us. <laughs> <laughs> and then, we got this age, we got this big Joe Cool now in his big, like, big black baggy shirt and his big, his wee gloves that he... <laughs> yeah. He's like, and Triple H, he's like, oh yeah, good job, Joe Cool, now no interference, like, good, good job of not losing your cool, like... What do you calm down? We got this, right? We got it. They can't call this and everything. Like, let's just go to the ring. Let's just. I think it's quite interesting that Vince and Shane come out first, and then Triple H was definitely come out because basically, like, out come the two McMahon man family members that have been ousted this year, and out come the two McMahon's that are now in charge. Yeah. In modern day. 
Yeah, in modern day, because, you know, no one wants to know what the fuck's changed, dude. No. No one cares after his fucking chicken at the Rumble. Mm-hmm. And no one needs to know what Vince has been up to. Well, I think we're finding out what he's been up to, the dirty bastard. Ah. Okay. Keen Donald Trump money. Dirty, dirty bastard. I know. <laughs> I know, that shagging about and paying women to no tell people. <laughs> but paying, paying all, paying the Donald money. I know. Seeing and Vince go and Jar reminds us all last year at King of the Ring. They were in the main event. They fought Steve Austin in that in that ladder match. You know, the one with the briefcase raising. No one, they, nobody really found out who did it. Mm. You know, everybody assumes it was Boss Man. It probably was, but they just never, they just never revealed that. But then Kane, Undertaker, and, and Rock all get there. You know, their entrance, and everything. They all get decent reaction. But the Rocks, obviously. Gets the biggest reaction, and like everybody's got a boner for the rock. <laughs> I love that Shane. Shane gets battered for a lot of the early going in this by the the faces. I mean, yeah, they're forcefully tagging each other in, but it's a case of like they don't really get along, but they're still getting control. And Shane the Star Cage just basically puts his hands, and he's about like, "Go on, then, come on, try it." Come on, hit me. <laughs> yeah, go on, but and Shane just gives him one by like, "Yeah," and does he be dead? Then Cage looks and like, "No, it's my turn, me." and then Rock and. And Rock and Undertaker get their turns trying to bat them as well. So Shane, Shane was basically the mm-hmm. the whipping boy of that match. Yeah, and then there's a point where they actually both they all try try to actually win the match, and they keep coming <laughs> in, breaking up each other's pins and everything. And like, mm. uh, and Vince is like, "Ah, oh, see, see, I told you they they can't get along." See, tell you they don't like each other. Tell you this is on you, Linda. Aye, Robo Linda. <laughs> I calculate chances of faces not getting along is no ninety nine ninety seven point three percent. I will book match anyway. And be failing, failing, Win. failing. <laughs> Power down. And then the Rock ends up coming in. He gets isolated by the heels because he, he has a thing with Triple H. He tells Triple H, you know, he's illegally like, like I'm gonna get ring, but I'm not. Then he just oh, does a they just bring it which. I forgot. I I I was I convinced myself I'd seen him do it earlier in the year, but like no, it's only in the lead up to this show that he's properly brought in the Just Bring It. Yeah. You know, one of his most famous, you know, taunts like he said T-shirts and everything. Yeah. When he came back, he he had the whole Team Bring It thing, but no, I can't I can't believe it took to this point mid two thousand for him to finally introduce you know, the whole Just Bring It thing. I wonder how he'd been if he'd have still been Rocky Maivia at this point. Unemployed. That's how he would have been. Ah, uh, is that how bad it was? I'd, I'd imagine so. But, you know, it's just like, because, like, me, the whole Just Bring It thing, that's as equally associated with The Rock and as iconic as, in my opinion, as, you know, the eyebrow raise and the iffy smell. what about the Smackdown Hotel? Lower down, let's be, but, like, the top three things that is with The Rock in terms of taunts and, like, catchphrases is, sort of like, elbow, Just Bring It, if you smell. So he had two of those things for ages, but he only just introduced the Just Bring It. And, obviously, my favourite, Lou. What in the blue hell? What up, G? <laughs> but he's in there with Triple H, I think, or Shane, whoever it is, but one of the guys pulls the top rope and he goes tumbling to the outside. And so the rock is the, the crowd favourite, gets worked over for a little bit. Uh, Kane and Undertaker just grab both members of the man to try to beat out the rock and he's like, hey, who's getting out? Don't worry about him. And then I love that Vince. You know, he's getting some punches on the rock despite the rock that the rock's already beat up and then he all calls and he struts away triple H tags him like God finish him off finish him <laughs> and then there's a fight where the rock could tag out he's all beaten up and then he says no I'm not going to do it and GR comments I'm going to oh 
You know, everybody wants to be the champion. The Rock knows if he tags out, he might get not get back in. <laughs> and then, so, the fight where the Rock could pit away Triple H, and then King, we see on his side, he just grabs the Undertaker and just throws Undertaker in the steps of being on the Undertaker. And then King comes in, hits a choke slam on the Rock. Yeah. And then, then and everybody, I think you're meant to believe that Kane's kind of now in cahoots or so with the... With the corporation, with, with the... the with the regime and everything. With the regime. Because they, they tried to get him on site by blackmailing him a few weeks ago. Mm. And like, and, and Jerry Logan was like, hey, you see what this is, Jerry? This is Vince's master plan. I told you my man's always had a man. And Triple H's getting on like, oh, like, big thumbs up to him. And then mm. as he's ch- talking shit to Rock, Kane just flicks his head up, grabs Triple H, tombstone. <laughs> And then tries to pin Triple H, despite that Undertaker, and the fact that K is even legal. Undertaker pulls him out. Taker takes Ricky, takes a jail all his chair. Taker just stole your chair, King. He didn't take it. I gave it to him. <laughs> and he just smacks K across the head with a chair. How dare you, boy? <laughs> oh, so I should say, because I'm going to talk about Taker and Shane, but there's a bit of learn where Taker came in and got tied in, or tied himself in to be up Shane. Grabbed him a corner. Let's go over here. Hello, Mr. Turnbuckle. <laughs> but then Shane goes up to talk to the dude, move on to the rock. Undertaker grabs him, fucking throws him choke slam through the announce table. And one of the, one of Shane's earliest I'm gonna take a big bump to or my, try and get my dad's affection, just throws the fucking fucking girl like back out Shane McMahon went through our until it's smashing to a billion pieces. <laughs> and then in comes Ben and all the rocks down like Vince just struts over. They'll try to do like the whole hammer thing. Going for the people's elbow. Rock pops up. Rock bottom. One, two, three. Mm. The Rock wins the title. In 17 minutes, 54. And pins old Vinnie Mac for it. Yeah. And you see Triple H tries to get in. And in a replay you get a better angle. Triple H goes in. And it's Undertaker that grabs Triple H and stops from interfering. Mm. And that's why Taylor gets on his bike later on and goes, You owe me one, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Which, in my opinion though, Given the fact that you coming back on the Taker at Judgment Day and in an opportune time, technically getting the Rock DQ and costing the title in the first place, really, if anything, I consider you two both even. <laughs> you could help him get the belt back, which is the least you could have done, because you're the one that cost him it in the first place. Mm. You bastard. <laughs> and also, I really, I like the idea that it's uh, it's Vince to get spin because, you know, the Rock got screwed at WrestleMania by Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a... And that's where we started this new version of the regime, and now the regime kind of ends on this night as we know it, and ends with Vince getting pinned by the rock, the man he screwed over in the first place. So mm. I think, you know, it's a real you know, sunrise, sunset, and all that kind of thing. <laughs> so I also love the fighting on the stipulation. Strawberry still has the kind of delayed reaction where he's still on the outside, and he the reacts to everything going, the winner of this match, and new Trouble's PC. I'm like, no. <laughs> I wasn't even pinned and I've lost my belt. I tried to tell Vince hey, this would happen, but no. He had to be the big man. So Rock is the WWE champion as we sit round out King of the Ring. Before we go into like overall thoughts and everything, a couple of things I want to talk about. On my tape, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I didn't even notice it on this because I, like, so maybe I'm, at a point I may have looked away and missed it, but I don't yeah. remember seeing it on, the, on this version, but on my table, I remember Kurt Angle standing backstage. We see him watching the match because he still thinks he's going to get the title shot at Fully Loaded. Also, Kurt Angle being the nerd that he is, he's there drinking a big carton of milk. <laughs> but also, on uh, my tape version, on my tape version, we had 
there, there was a segment added onto the tape where you have gone the coachway in that studio where they do all these like behind <laughs> the scenes shows, basically going to interviews with different people. You had a, an interview with Edge and Christian and someone, like, yeah, we're two time tag team champions. <laughs> you got one with Crash Holly who goes, you know, I promised my mama I was going to be king of the ring and I lost, but I got my belt back. I had to get back from those dirt, nerd, nasty, smelly old men, but I got my belt back. And then you got one week, Trevor's like, oh, I had to humiliate myself and I didn't even get my belt back. But Hardcore Crash Alley, now you're the Hardcore Champion 24 7. It's all on you now, brother. <laughs> and then the other two were, you had an interview with Coach, going to an interview with Coach and, and uh, Angle on the tape, where Angle's also like, you know, I've done a lot of my career. I'm a gold medalist, I've been European champion, I've even been Intercontinental champion, but now, and not a lot of Americans can say this nowadays, but now, I'm royalty. Ooh, and he pours milk all over Goatsman. <laughs> and something that I didn't realise it was wrong till later on, but you got our interview with The Rock and the uh and the at the end of the tape. And the rock goes, Now the rock, four time, WWF champion. And they're like they're like, actually this is your fifth thing you'd have to Because <laughs> he wins it for Man King Survivor Series, loses it on Raw, wins it at the Rumble, loses it, wins it before WrestleMania, loses it to Elton. Then when wins it for you, Triple H at Backlash, that's four. Now it's his fifth reign. It's fifth of eight reigns for the WWE slash F title. Eight. Eight with the WWE. And then you'd have two reigns at WCW time, so in, in total, Rock is a ten-time world champion. When was the last of the eight? Well, he, he told it in 2002, and then wouldn't hold it again all, until all the way in 2013. Oh, yeah, his last of the eight was the one he lost to Brock, right? No, no he lost it to Brock in his seventh one, and then... Those things where he won it for Punk and then lost it to us. That was his eighth. And he also had two reigns as WCW slash world champion. Ah, oh, so there you go. That's the history of the rock. Yeah, so that's why I, I always remember watching on my, on my tape version. But there we go. That is King of the Ring 2000. So we talk about what happened on, on, on the Raw, the, mm-hmm. or should I talk about it on SmackDown when we next do that? What do you, what do you think? Oh, all right. Smackdown, that's the thing. Because, uh, yeah. Major development happens with Vince being gone and a new authority figure coming in. Someone who everybody, I think, has fond memories of if you mm-hmm. watch the same period. But, Bob. It's me, right? No. Oh. But, but Bob, that is King of the Rain 2000. It's the end of this version of the regime. Triple H and Stephanie will stick around. Xbox and Raw will go off, probably do their own thing as a tag team. Shane is around for a bit here and there. But, you know, Tori's off in here, Vince disappears from TV, they're not the group that we know them as, so hopefully TV will be slightly more tolerable. Is Linda gone? Linda is only a here and there appearance. Oh, person. good, good. But when, when she's finished charging, I'm sure Robo Linda will be back. <laughs> but, Paul, overall thoughts, King of the Ring. You giving us a thumbs up? I'm giving it a thumbs up. I thought it was a solid paper. As a first time viewer, you're, you're yeah. okay with Obviously, I know you also had your issues with one or two match finishes and the fact that you had to sit through it all, even though it was only three minutes, you had to sit through the whole evening gown match for you. The match itself didn't offend me so much. It was the rolling about with the fucking Mickey James and at the end of it on the mm. rampway. That was awful. <laughs> that made me just a teeny little bit sick. Yeah. Uh, and Paul... What we also always do here is we say, what one match or saying would you recommend to people who have yet to only recommend one thing from this show? Is there anything from King of the Ring 2000 that you would recommend? If I could recommend one match from this yeah. show, 
Wow, man. I would probably. Leaving gun much? No. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. If, no. Anything, if anything, I'd recommend you watch everything on the show, but the evening game match. As much as the finish pisses me right off, I'd recommend the, the Fatal Four Way. Alright. Look, I think Tuka looked good in it. Cunt and Cuntier looked good in it with one. Hardy's looked good in it. It was nice to see TNA in a pay per view. Well, there you go. Nice one. There you go. And, um,. Angle and Jericho us no yeah. one, I think that one and uh uh Eddie and Val. Val, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah you know, I think this is one like everybody talks about everybody like it was often like you could pick and choose from this pay per view. It was yeah. reasonably good and it wasn't really a weak match apart from There there are a few pay per views on the show that are that I hear a lot but talked about from like from this year, like Backlash, fully loaded, SummerSlam you know, a few others, but I rarely hear people talking about King doing. I think maybe it gets lost among some of the other stuff that they had in mm. 2000. I think 2000 was one of the better years that WF kind of had. Basically, from well, the money they were making, how over a lot of things were with the fans, and people look back on it with a lot of fondness. But for me, I think Honorable mentioned to the, the Jericho match. Yeah, some matches were a bit too short, and there were one or two things that I would rather also not watch the evening game. I'm still giving it a solid thumbs up, you know. If I was fully motivated by nostalgia, I probably would have given that a full two, but I'm just going to give it the one. Well, I was reasonably still entertained. I can go back and not feel like, you know, oh, these it's ruined these childhood memories <laughs> I have of watching this tape. But, so I enjoyed it. I think if I was going to recommend one thing, it would probably be the main event. I know a lot of people will, will still have the idea, like, what, well, six-man tag for a singles title, but yeah. I really enjoyed it. You know, three of the most over, like, good guys you'll have. You know, it's good to see the McMahons. It feels like a combination of the McMahons and Helmsley thing getting their, their comeuppance and all yeah. that. You say a six-man tag for a main event for the one title. Yeah. It could be worse. Mm. You could be wrestling for trios titles. <laughs> What's wrong with a trios belt? It's a dumb concept. I don't I don't mind it. They do it in Japan. They do it in Mexico. They yeah, do. but I don't think that Tony Boy could do it well. Well, I agree. You hear that, Tony, you dick? That aside, but I like, I like this match. My brother, even my older brother, also watched the save a lot by Rock Fat. He even has this as one of his all time favourite matches in this match. And I think it's a good little slice of what. His, there are a few matches in this year you can pick and just sum up the year 2000 in the WF, and I think this match uh, is one of them. Mm-hmm. Also, can I talk about the uh, the evening match for a second? No surprise. Again? It was no, it was no surprise this was voted by the viewers of the Wrestling Observer as the worst. Worst worked match of the year for two thousand. Which also, which was it, which gave Pat Parson a unique accolade at that time. Because in like night in the seventies, I can't remember who he thought. I think it was match with Sergeant Slaughter, or whatever. But he'd been voted in that year, some point in the seventies, as that having that year's best work match. So he had the rare distinction of that thing. I think a few other people have had it since, but of having of at one point having been voted best worked match and worst worked match. So there's a weird accolade for well, Pat Parson's well career. Well done, Pat. Mm-hmm. I'm sure your boyfriend would love it. <laughs> so, Wait, yeah. which end of what, whichever one of those poor unsuspecting people in the back, yeah. So that is King of the Ring 2000. Thank you guys for for listening to our review of it. Yeah, I had fun getting to talk about it again. I I had fun watching it for the first time. Yeah, it was a good show. Oh, sure. I look forward to seeing where the company goes from here. The Rock is now the champion. 
And so I'm not going to tell you how long he had for, but I'm pretty sure, you know, of his like full time run, this is the longest The Rock will ever have the title. Because <laughs> The Rock was not known for long title reigns, but I'm not going to tell you when he loses it, but this is his longest title reign with the WF title, which wow. is a weird factor. But that is, as I said, that's going to today's. Thank you for listening. That's part of the retro review. Please make sure to check out the back catalogue of Rogue Retro Smackdown review episodes past two that Paul's been on it as well as his guest appearances and follow the other for foreseeable future. At future retro previews we'll have uh, guests on. Next review in a few weeks time will be uh, fully loaded to those when we eventually get to that. For a lot of people have fun with that pay per view. Mm-hmm. Also check out other shows on the Rogue Opinions back catalogue on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, including Scott and Paul's Island Podcast, which is also on its own feed as well. Yes, on those same podcasting platforms. You can find uh, shows on Rogue Opinions, such as Podney and Easy with myself and Carl. Nathan and some of the other lads just did a recent uh, football podcast. It's already a new one of that, so if you're any of your football. Uh, my show, No Rogues Bar, where I interview people in podcasting and members of the Rogue Opinions team. I pr- recorded two episodes in quick succession, you know what you say, and those two episodes. Really hot. The, those two episodes have a, just a little bit more editing to do, and those two episodes will hopefully be out very soon. I'm trying to get a little bit of a backlog going. All around Scott Paul's Island podcast, you've got episodes about the War Rumble 1997, you've got Fraser stuff, we're planning uh, some interesting stuff going forward, we're finishing off our retrospective of the European title coming out soon, we've got yeah. some stuff about Impact, Fraser, all sorts of fun stuff that we like to, to talk about. And make sure you follow both podcasts on Twitter at SPRowling on Twitter at Rogue underscore opinions, and like Scott Paul's Island podcast at facebook.com forward slash rambling podcast. And also, as long as you provide it yourself, there will be tea and cake. Yay! Yay for tea and cake, as long as we don't have to give it to you. <laughs> Yay! Provide your own tea and cake and enjoy it whilst you listen. It'll be fun. It will be fun. I know it'll be fun. Everyone likes tea. I know it will also be fun, Paul. I thought you'd a laugh because I joked about it earlier on. I might just play this podcast out with Reverend Devon's theme song. Fun, Everybody loves Devon. Everyone bloody does, and see if we don't, we fucking shoot. Yeah, you've been, you've heard it here first. Bye bye, everybody. Testify! Oh, testify! Please call my name. Please call my name.